For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Are you looking at cutting your health insurance premiums by as much as 20 to 30%? Are you aging into Medicare and need help finding a Medicare supplement plan? Call Drew Moak of USA Benefits Group at 601-953-8449. Drew is an Ole Miss grad located in Mississippi and licensed in seven states. He works with the nation's second largest health insurance brokerage with access to 35 different carriers, and he can help you with any of your health insurance needs. From regular health plans to life insurance to dental and vision and even Medicare, he has it all covered. Now more than ever, it is critical to have a health insurance agent who is local and accessible. So call Drew Moak at 601 601- 953-8449 and get your free quote today. Hey, welcome back to Hit That Line presented by Homefield Apparel. I'm your host, Zach Barry. Joining me as always, Ben, Nick, and Austin. We are here, we are going to preview the SEC West, and then we are going to jump headfirst into week zero, give you some locks, but before we do that, I want to remind you, by the time you're listening to this, you may or may not have seen the tease for the Ole Miss collection that is coming from Homefield Apparel on Saturday, 14 items, and it is going to be some fire. I have seen most of it. And it looks great. And I'm not just saying that. I think it looks pretty damn good. It's going to be hard not to buy every single item. Remember, when you go to homefieldapparel.com to purchase every single item of the collection, remember to put promo code TOC23 in there and get 15% off your first order. Tomorrow, Friday, as you're probably listening to this, they will release the tease. And then Saturday... 11 a.m. Central Time, it will hit the shelves on the internet at homefieldapparel.com. Be sure to be ready. That is homefieldapparel.com for the Ole Miss collection. TOC23 is the promo code. Gentlemen, good evening. Let's get into the SEC West. Does anybody have any just scorching hot takes before we run through the the division here? Somebody not named Alabama or LSU will win the SEC West. No, no shot. (laughs) He asked for a scorching hot take. I mean, that's pretty asking you shall receive. Good night. I'll say this. Look, that's way too hot for me. I'll say this. I, I was in full sicko mode all week. I've been watching old games in my office while I work just as background noise and just to, you know, peek up here and there to, See what uh see what game is on. I watched three different Alabama games today. The amount of times that Bryce Young bailed them out last year, yeah, yeah, you're right, was you're right. incredible. I forgot just how damn good he was against Texas. I mean, yeah. he, he had to be he had to be flawless, and he was. 
yeah, I mean, that one, <clears throat> we've talked about it on here before. I've talked about it on other shows. If he doesn't play for Alabama against Ole Miss last year, I think Ole Miss wins by two scores at least. Um, he was remarkably good. So replacing him, obviously Heisman Trophy winner. He won a ton of games there. It's going to be difficult, but they still don't know who the quarterback is. And as I, I'm going to belabor the point because it needs to be belabored. Going and getting a quarterback the day after your spring game, not good. So yeah, bad luck. It's a hot take from Ben, but I asked for it. But if you think about it, there's some question marks there at Alabama. Um, right, so I mean, per- perhaps, <clears throat> but also my my concern is, and I, I need to f- see Texas A&M's other East opponent. I, I don't know it offhand. I guess I can pull up their schedule, but our other East opponent is Georgia. So unless you think it's one of the you know Alabama, Arkansas, MSU, which I don't expect it to be. It's between us and AM. And that means Ole Miss has to beat both Alabama and LSU, unless you get into this one of those weird, you know, six and two three way ties for Ole Miss to win it. That I think that that's my like problem is by the by the fact that Ole Miss yeah. is, is playing Georgia, you almost disqualify them from winning the West short of a tie break scenario. Yeah. That's the thing, is it's just shit luck. Just call mm-hmm. it what it is. It's the it's it's the year when like the West is up for grabs, you know. Air quotes up for grabs. Alabama's got some question marks. LSU's not foolproof, you know, a Terminator by any means. You get them at home. And you get them at home. <clears throat> and, oh, by the way, you got to play the two-time defending national champs in November when they have it and figured we get, out. We get Bama early before they might have not figured it out. And I'll tell you this about Georgia. It's good timing. Mm-hmm. And, look, and look, we might have, you know, we may be playing with the, our third string offense at this point because of injuries and something. But Georgia – doesn't really have like the running like take for example the running back room. I'm not sure they have a whole lot of options if they lose another running back. So playing them late in the year might actually work in our favor because if they're banged up a little bit, I, who's running the ball for Georgia if their if their top guy goes down? I mean, we we already saw Branson Robinson was going to take a ton of carries for them this year, mm-hmm. possibly being their number one back, and he's he's out. So I I don't necessarily think Georgia's like super deep and. A lot of people talk about like Lad McConkey's back and obviously Brock Bowers is back, but I don't necessarily think their wide receiver room is incredible. Dom Lovick is going to be pretty good, but I mean, they haven't gotten anything out of the MSU you transfer. Like, you know, like Rara? Yeah. I mean, they haven't, they haven't got anything out of that guy. I mean, he wasn't, we, I, we were all hyped because we thought we were going to get him and stuff, but he was overhyped at MSU and I, I don't expect him to be some stud. I don't know. I don't look at that Georgia team and like, look back on them, look on them this year as I look back at Alabama in like 2014 with just like, stacked in the wide receiver room i mean is lad mcconkey like is is he like julio jones no i mean yeah, but, did i did i, I miss mean, something? Brian bowers is probably better than oj howard was oh no oh, oh, sure. oh, no yeah. doubt no doubt but also i just that can only go so far i guess like they don't they don't have the three crazy tight ends like they did last year in their wide receiver room it's just not i don't know it's just not what you think of yeah. a wide they receiver lost, room they lost ad mitchell in texas camp. Yeah. And they're starting a new quarterback <clears throat> this year. So, yeah. I mean, whether or not, I mean, I'm sure he's an elite talent, but so, I mean, dude, it. No, I, I'll say this. I, I do think the wide receiver room is Dominic Lovett transferred from Missouri. He was their leading receiver, all SEC guy. <clears throat> he's going to, he's going to help them out. McConkey's just going to be the quirky little, you know, possession guy that, you know, it's like I was watching. Bedlam earlier today and like uh Drake Stoops is making plays left and right. You know, it's like Jordan Holder back in the day. He's gonna Drake. Yeah. 
I, yes, I know Lab McConkey's better than Jordan Holder, but um, yeah, Dominic Love is going to be wide receiver one for them. And then, yeah, Brock Bowers is an alien, so he's probably going to get at least 15 touches a game, I'd imagine. Okay, but so who's their, who's their number one running back right now? I'm literally trying to figure that out because I do not. I couldn't tell Isn't you. it a freshman? I just, like freshman five-star, I think? Yeah, it, I think it is. I just, I'm just i saying if you look at teams that have won two, two championships in a row, they typically have a, a better skill core than whoever Georgia's running back is, a new quarterback, and like their third-best pass-catching guy being Lad McConkey. And, again, they'll probably go 15-0 this year and be just about 40. I don't, I don't, you know, Kendall obviously. Milton. Kendall Milton. Yeah, Kendall yeah, Milton. Senior, I, yeah. I just, that's not like a, some incredible skill position group. I feel like for a team that's won back-to-back titles, I, you know what I'm saying? I just look at the Alabama teams a few years ago were loaded in the skill positions and it didn't really matter mm-hmm. what, what else they did because of how talented they were. We used to talk all the time about how like Tua would just like throw it to a guy who was just somehow already passed all the defenders and he would just yeah. like walk yeah. 45 yards for a touchdown on a slant. And I don't like look at the Georgia team and like Lad McConkey's their third best re- receiver and they don't really have like a great stable of running backs. Oh, and also they have a fre- you know, a freshman or not a freshman, but a newcomer quarterback. I, I, well, the other I thing is they may They'll be the worse. Yeah, they probably will, but I mean, probably they're going to yeah. be worse than the sum of their parts on offense too, because they hired Mike fucking Bobo as their offensive coordinator. So like, I, yeah, I, what I the hell were they doing? Exactly. Exactly. Like, I, Again, I still think I still think they'll be fine, but when I the four of that, us could probably call plays and go undefeated with them, so you know <laughs> it may not matter. But like it's there were multiple uninspired hires this year in the offseason for yeah. SEC coordinators. The other guy in the backfield for Georgia, and we're going to get off Georgia because this is the West preview. But Andrew Paul is coming off an ACL tear last August. Kendall Milton's coming off a hamstring that's been bugging him all preseason camp. So without Branson Robinson. It's going to be those two guys and maybe some some true freshmen in the mix at running back, but it's probably not going to matter because it's Georgia and their schedule is a joke and they're really good. All right, back to Bama. SEC West, Bama. I still think there are question marks because of the quarterback position. It would be one thing if they had someone that was like a Greg McElroy or John Parker Wilson that's just a game manager. It's not going to lose you a game, and maybe he wins you a game. It's kind of a coin flip, but he's not going to, you know, crash the car. Um, They still got to figure it out. I don't think it's – I really don't think it's Jalen Milroy because, I mean, he played a lot last year, but he was swimming a lot. And, you know, there was all this hype about Ty Simpson last year and how he was going to be the next big thing. And he hasn't really taken control of the job yet. Um, that's not saying that he can't or that he will, you know, next year. But then you go out and get Tyler Buckner from Notre Dame, who was splitting time at quarterback at Notre Dame. I, I mean, come on, like who, who has lost his job at Notre Dame? Basically, they yeah. brought in Hartman. Yeah, I yeah, I, I don't. I mean, I think this is definitely a year where Bama is going to lean on the run game big time especially early in the year because whoever is under center is going to, they're going to need some time to knock the rust off and, you know, get their feet under them. Um, But yeah, I just, it's, you can't discount Nick Saban. He always finds a way to at least win 10 or 11. 
maybe this is the year they don't. Um, I mean, I, I picked LSU to win the West. I, I just, I, I just think the quarterback situation there is too big of an issue for me to consider them a favorite for the West. Well, look, like you said, they've overcome poor or at least average quarterback play in years past. So it wouldn't be the first time we saw Alabama find a way to win a championship with just a, a mediocre guy there. But I will say this, those quarterbacks were able to lean on guys like Derrick Henry and Eddie Lacy and, you know, Kenyon Drake and TJ Yeldon and Trent Richardson. And I don't know that Bama's got a back like that uh, in their stable this year. Now, maybe they do. Um, maybe that guy will be there. You know, maybe he's a freshman this year and will develop into one of those guys. He'll be the next Najee Harris. But um, I, I, it's, I think there's reason to sell Bama offensively. I think what, what Bama's going to do, though, is go back to sort of bread and butter when they were doing the whole game managing thing. They leaned on their defense heavily during those years, and I still think their blue-chip ratio on that side of the ball for Alabama is – head and shoulders better than everybody in the conference except for Georgia. Um, I, I think their pass rush is going to be incredible. Their linebackers will be solid. I think their secondary is okay. Their safeties are good enough. Saban um, will undoubtedly, you know, have his hand on the wheel there to help Kevin Still should he need it, but still is a very, very seasoned defensive coordinator. He's not going to have seen anything new. You know, at this point in his career, he's seen it all. He's been through the battles, been through the wars, but I don't know. I, I don't, if you told me LSU or A&M clipped them, I wouldn't be stunned by that. And again, speaking of uninspired hires, their offensive coordinator hire was not impressive. And again, wasn't impressed with Steele either, although he is a veteran mm -hmm. and has, has been around. But I do think it's telling that when your offensive coordinator leaves Notre Dame, um, he, he had brought in Sam Hartman to replace the guy that he brought with him to Bama. I, I don't think that uh, – I don't think you should underestimate yeah. that. That's pretty telling about what he thought about Buckner at Notre Dame. Um, the fact that they went elsewhere in the portal and, and Buckner basically lost the starting job. So if it is Buckner, I don't know. I mean, is Buckner even even like A.J. McCarron? No. Like, I, I think I said this – on our show last week or maybe a couple episodes ago. I, I've said it before. Tyler Buckner is just John Rice Plumley, but slower. Yeah. Nice. Like very similar game, like super athletic can really run, but he's not as fast as Plumley, and just very limited with, with, with the arm. They also what? don't have, you know, elite, elite dudes at wide receiver. They're relying on some transfers there. I think they're starting a freshman at left tackle. He's probably a five-star. I, I don't know Aiden his name. Proctor. Yeah. I mean, he's probably really, really good, but he's a freshman. Yeah. And, you know, there there will be times when he has growing pains in the SEC. Every freshman does in the SEC. So, I don't know. Again, yeah. we talked about it in the, the first Unless part. you're Laramie. <laughs> yeah, unless you're Laramie Tunsil, yeah. <laughs> Goat. Um. We talked about it in the locks pod for season win totals. I, ten and a half feels right. I don't see value on either side of that. But I would not be stunned if this is the year they roll a nine and three. Yeah, and it, and and they could have a really good nine and three, and they will hate it. Absolutely, no. I'm not sure if they've ever no. seen so a nine even and three that they like. Touch. Yeah, yeah, he's gone. He went to Europe. He he's gone soft. Um, he's smiling in press conferences now. <laughs> I mean. He's down in Jupiter. He's playing too much golf. Um, yeah. 
I do think offensively, it's really going to, they're going to lean on Chase McClellan. He was really good a year ago. He had 10 touchdowns and that was with splitting time with Jameer Gibbs. Uh, I like Jermaine Burton and Ja'Cory Burks as the two, two wide receivers, you know, wide receiver one, wide receiver two. Um, Dallas Turner, Kool-Aid McKinstry are back. Those are two all SEC, all American caliber guys, but safety, Brian Branch is gone. Jordan Battle's gone. They've got Malachi Moore, who's played in a ton of games. And they're going to rely on a true freshman, Caleb Downs, who five-star guy, probably going to be really good. But like mm-hmm. Austin said, he's going to have some he's going to have some moments where his eyes are going to deceive him and he's going to get caught with his tail between his legs and get burned. Um yeah, the nine and three Bama is, is not crazy here. I, I don't I don't think that's talking out of turn at all. The only problem with the nine and three prediction, which still may be true, is they don't they catch LSU at home and Ole Miss at home and Tennessee at home and Tennessee no. at home. They go to yes. Tennessee. No, incorrect. No, no Tennessee right. they, there. They lost, so they get all three of those programs at home. I mean, they have to play at yeah. Auburn, but they're going to beat Auburn. So at I mean, A&M. they go to College Station. Mm-hmm. They also get yeah. Texas at home, and I, again, I'm not. I'm not going to like. Get on this whole Texas is bad. What a thing. home slate! I mean, I mean, yeah, it's a crazy that. home slate. That's crazy. Imagine that. That's a. Look, I mean, that's a lot of top twenty-five games right there. I mean, think on, about on balance. It. You, you get Tennessee at home, Texas at home, Ole Miss at home. I mean, those are all like big games for you. LSU at home. That that would be so. What a great home schedule. Who is their fourth again, home SEC game? Arkansas. Man, compare that to our home schedule. I know. Georgia Tech and Mercer and Vandy, ULM for mm-hmm. Senior Day. LSU. I mean, no, we, we've got three good home games. But, I mean, when three of your seven are good, I mean, there's this, they've got like five quality home games. We've got three quality home games. You know what I mean? It's a big drop-off yeah. between – Now – Like our, our, our big three are a big drop-off to fourth. Now, the ones you just ran through, A&M beat them last year. Mm-hmm. Bryce Young bailed him out against Ole Miss. Bryce Young bailed him out against Texas, mm-hmm. and they lost LSU. Lost to LSU. Lost to Tennessee. Yeah, lost to Tennessee. Yeah, so we'll see. So look, as we sit here today, better quarterback, Texas or Alabama? Texas. Texas. Better quarterback, they- Tennessee or Alabama? Mm-hmm. Tennessee, probably barely. I mean, just yeah. Better quarterback, LSU or Alabama? LSU. I mean, again, that doesn't all it doesn't tell the whole story. I understand it. it Jackson it, it, Dart's better than anybody they have on that roster. I think so. I think so Man. too. Right now, today, yeah, yeah. If you flip those home and aways, and I get it, they would have never done that. They would have never scheduled at Texas if they were also going to LSU and also going to Tennessee. So I, I acknowledge it. If you flip it, like eight, like four losses, yeah, you know, like out of yeah. the question. You're right. Man, that's tough. Again, they'll they'll, yeah. but I mean, I, you know, I don't know. You hate to They're see it happen to... to Alabama. Yeah, yeah. All right, so let's move on. LSU. Um, like I said, I picked them to win the West, uh, just because I think Alabama slips down a peg this year, and I think LSU is kind of got it figured out. Jaden Daniels. 
He's a lot of people have him as the number two favorite behind Caleb Williams for the Heisman. I think that's a little bit of a stretch, Um, but a big time shift in his production. He, he had a 10 touchdown, 10 interception year at Arizona state in 2021. He was really good there uh, his first year as a freshman. And then um, last year, 17 touchdowns to just three picks. He was really Really smart with the football, completed close to 70% of his passes. And then he also ran for 885 yards and 11 touchdowns, which I don't, a lot of it was by design, but he was pretty slippery, mm-hmm. um, evading pressure. And I think that really helped LSU in extending drives. And um, I think he he's kind of like a, you know, he's one of those sneaky, elusive, sneaky, fast guys, you know, kind of like Bo Wallace before he got hurt where you don't really account for him in the run game. And then, oh, he's 10 yards downfield. Um, defensively, they're going to be strong. Harold Perkins is back. He's an All-American. Makai Wingo. Um, Mason Smith, who is going to be suspended for the first game, but he's back from the knee injury. He should be pretty dominant on the interior. Um, they got Deuce Chestnut from Syracuse. They got Denver Harris from Texas A&M, but he's, been kind of in the doghouse slash dealing with some things off the field. Um, he hasn't really been practicing a ton, but he's a talented dude. Um, I I kind of feel like LSU is in a real good spot here. Um, they do have to travel to Oxford, but I, I do think they're probably going to be favored in just about every game this year. Is that too crazy to say? No. I mean, I think they're not, they're not favored at Alabama. Well, we will like three and a half, four. There's probably a look ahead line on that one. We can probably find it. That's probably closer to like six or so. What do you think? I'm thinking think? three, three, three either side. Yeah. Y'all think it's a, yeah. you think it's a pick on a neutral? Yeah. 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 I do. Yeah. Or LSU. Find that look ahead. No. Where, where would I They'll find be, something? They'll be they'll be tested in week one against Florida State because I think Florida State's for real. I think LSU can win that game, but it'll be a it'll be a tough one. I mean, last year's was an instant classic. Um, yeah, losing Mason Smith didn't help. Yeah, no, they lost him in that game. Hmm. Uh, I I believe wasn't he celebrating a play and that's how yep. he got hurt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then just him being suspended is ridiculous. That's crazy. Um, All right, y'all like, want to guess the look ahead line per DraftKings? I said three and a half. Yeah, I, I think three, three Four. and a half. Seven. What? There. I, I mean, that's too much. I mean, I, I do agree that's, that's that a lot. Is but, too much. But that's also, much. you just have to think about what the computers think of Alabama versus what the computers are going to think of LSU. And LSU's like like front line is pretty good. The depth is just not there. And they just haven't recruited. And they they don't have the the type of guys Alabama has if they come across some injuries. Like neighbors got, is real good, but I mean, who's their second best receiver? Yeah, but LSU's got the guy quarterback that can go to Tuscaloosa and win. He can do That's, it. Yeah, yeah, mobile. Yeah, yeah. good enough arm. Little, oh, I mean, they really. Well, I mean, they did. But no, did I, LSU beat Alabama last year? Didn't they? Yeah, yeah. they beat Alabama yeah. last year for sure. For some and that's reason, with Bryce Young. Yeah, for some that's reason, Bryant Denny Stadium gets way more credit than it should. Yeah, like, I, I don't. That. 
I don't know what their record is at home under Saban. I, I'm just talking about in terms of like raucous, wild environment. Like it's really not that loud. Now I will tell you, in '15, they were loud when we had Chad Kelly. I I was with Nick. That was loud. No, no they were not. They were it mad. Is not, it is not loud like sneaky loud places Auburn at night. Auburn, and yeah, yeah. Just because it's so upright. And um, they're not loud. Sneaky, not that loud of a place is LSU, frankly. I mean, it's loud, but it is really reputation from the 90s. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. On the loudness. They, they live They live on that one game. Earthquake. Yeah. yeah. Which is probably not even like a real, it's probably like a wives' tale. You know, and, and so. Uh, Dude, South oh, Carolina was louder than LSU when we went there. So and, loud. And what, 2008? Oh, was that right or nine? South Carolina is very loud. Yeah. The claw claw gets loud. And Auburn gets loud, as Ben said. Auburn gets loud as hell. And they don't get much credit for it either, which is weird. But I guess because their fan base is not just like rowdy as hell like LSU fans. But Auburn gets loud. Oh, dude. Because LSU fans are just feral. Exactly. Yeah. And it's just a bunch of, you know. Carnies. um, Yeah, I'm not going to. (laughs) Carnies. Yeah, South Carolina is really loud. Brian Denny's just a bunch of hand setters, a bunch of old people. Like the student section is mm-hmm. is packed, but like it's just a bunch of frat dudes. Mm-hmm. And they're more concerned about their hair and, you know, their, you know, pocket square than they care about being loud. But um, I'll say, look, if, they, if they're gonna be loud, it's for games like this. It's for LSU. Sure. Like they'll they'll be they'll be in that one. They'll be dialed in. Just just based on what happened last the year, if if nothing else. Loudest, loudest stadium. Not just SEC, just ever in general, was twenty twenty one, Neyland Stadium. Neyland, that was insane. Yeah, the beginning of the game was very loud when they ran through the tee and all that, and and then when they thought they caused the fumble and really may have a ran oh, for yeah. a touchdown, I thought the place was going to fall down. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I I like LSU this year. I think I think they're going to have a shot to win ten or eleven. Um, they got to get through Florida State first, and then obviously you got to run through the West. But I, I do think Brian Kelly is a good coach, and they've got their quarterback. Which I mean, mm-hmm. that's going to be the theme of this episode. Like if you if you've got a quarterback in the SEC West, you've got a shot to be competitive. Um. But I just, we'll see. I, I don't know. I'm no, not I, ready. I like them. I, I'd make them the favorite, uh, just because we know what we're getting with them at quarterback. Again, the most important position on the field. Their right. tackles last year were true freshmen. I think. Um, I know yep. the left tackle was for sure. So yeah, I think both mm-hmm. were. They, they're obviously both back. Should be much improved there. Once Mason Smith serves his suspension, they will have a nasty dude on the interior D-line. And, of course, they will have Perkins at the uh, second level. I'll say this about Perkins, though. Y'all know they they moved him inside. I think that's a really weird decision because he was hell as a pass rusher. I don't know. Like, there's a chance he gets lost in the shuffle on the interior. I don't – I mean, these yeah, dudes I... get paid to figure it out, and I'm just a guy talking on a podcast. But, like, why do that? Why slot him inside? Yeah, I don't think he's big enough to play inside. It seems like an odd choice. But I do think they – look, they may have 
the best coaching staff top to bottom in the West. And that's saying something because it's there's murderers row in, in the mm-hmm. SEC and particularly in the West. But like Matt House, their defensive coordinator, he's not really a household name. And I don't understand why. No pun intended there, Matt House. But like he's legit. I mean, dude has a Super Bowl ring. I, I think yeah. he'll probably be back in the NFL, you know, in a couple of years. But that that dude's incredible on that side of the ball. And Brian Kelly, asshole that he is, is a really good coach. And his teams tend to get better from year one to year two. You tend to see, you know, significant mm-hmm. improvement. That concerns me as an Ole Miss fan that we're going to get a better version of Jaden Daniels, a better version of their offense. Um, yeah, I I think they're going to win the West. And I honestly, it wouldn't surprise me if they win the West by like. A couple games like maybe it's not even a close west race this year the i think a lot could hinge on their running back situation they've got john emory is a fifth year senior he ran for six touchdowns a year ago noah kane 10 touchdowns last year they got the notre dame kid didn't they yeah they pick up logan diggs from notre dame yeah so it's a lot of guys that have played a lot of football, mm-hmm. but are they going to be able to to really run the football with some authority? Um, you know, you already mentioned Will Campbell was the left tackle, was a true freshman a year ago. He should be better. Um, he was swimming a little bit last year at times, but yeah, I, I need I need to see what that running back room like. How how dangerous can they actually be? Because I, I think Brian Kelly would probably tell you he doesn't want Jane Daniels running for 800 yards again. Because he took a lot of shots last year. And it was, it was banged up in the championship game, right? He, yeah. I mean, he shouldn't um, have even been playing, honestly. He couldn't move. Yeah. Uh, Malik Neighbors is back at wideout. He's a stud. He's an all-SEC guy. Um, led the conference in receptions last year. After that, it's pretty slim you've got kyron lacy who had 24 catches brian thomas jr had 31 after that it's all single digits or none at all mm-hmm. or, or true freshmen so who is going to be the go-to guy at wide receiver for lsu also like that's that's a fair concern when you know you're trying to find somebody else because mason taylor he's back at tight end that's it Everybody else is tied in freshman. So you got to find some weapons and some guys have got to grow up really quick. So I, um, I do think LSU is the favorite. I think that they are in the catbird seat to win the West, but everybody it's, it's pretty fair this year where everybody's got question marks. Yeah. I think Jane Daniels is a legitimate Heisman trophy contender this year and yeah. LSU is going to be good on defense. And I know it's the trendy pick, but yeah, it, part of this is because we really don't know. I mean, there's really nobody else is the mm-hmm. issue. Mm-hmm. I'd like to yeah. say, Oh, well, A&M is talented enough to make a run at it. And Alabama has a great schedule and they do, but Alabama was, they were flawed last year with the best player in the country. Yeah. So, I, I just can't go with them. Ole Miss, because of the schedule, I'd love for this to be a year to say, well, they, you know, they get Alabama at home and then 
because really you'd like to play that Georgia game on the road mm-hmm. and you take the loss. But if you get both LSU and Alabama at home and you beat both of them, you've got the tiebreaker either way, mm-hmm. as long as you run the table otherwise. And we, we don't have, I mean, we don't, we're not quite there with the horses. I don't think either, anyway, but um, you know, as far as LSU goes, I, I could, I, I agree with Austin. I, at the beginning, I gave Zach his hot take that, you know, somebody not named LSU or Alabama would uh, win the West. And uh, that's just not true. I think it's going to be LSU. I think they could, that said though, I think they could win the West with a loss in Oxford. Oh yeah. Like I think too. they could, they could lose to us and win the West. And I, I think that's likely, that's the likely scenario here. All right. Now let's yes. have some, Go ahead. You Nick. guys, let me know when you're when you're when you're done sucking off LSU. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'll be I'll be I'll be here when you're ready. All right. Let's 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 have some fun now. Let's. Uh... The band was about to play Nick, and then Nick interrupted. <laughs> Thank you. Are you ready for the Grove? Because I know I am. So join Lane Kiffin and your Ole Miss football rebels at Vaught Hemingway Stadium this fall for the 2023 season. Order tickets now to participate in the seat selection process and to explore seating options. Visit OleMissTix.com, OleMissTix.com, or call the Ole Miss Athletics Foundation today, 662-915-7159. For Ole Miss football season tickets, it's time again to help lock the vault. The car buying process can be a lot. I know, I've been there. You just want to get in and out with a new car and the best deal. Simple. Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford keeps it simple. They're going to take care of you, get you in and out with your new vehicle with a great deal. Their inventory right now is priced to sell, and what separates Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford from any and all competitors is they aim to address each of your needs with the utmost respect, care, and attention to detail. Contact them today at 662-234-8000. That's 662-234-8000. Stop by and see them in person at 2201 East University Avenue in Oxford. That's Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford to find your next perfect car, truck, or Jeep. Alan Samuels, let's be friends. Introducing the new and improved BNA Bank mobile app. From setting transaction alerts and tracking your spending habits to managing travel plans and turning off a lost or stolen debit card, you can take care of all of it in the new BNA mobile app. At BNA Bank, we know that life moves pretty fast, and we have the mobile technology to keep up with your life on the go. BNA Bank. Local. Invested. Modern banking. The College Corner is headed to Oxford. Stop by their new location in the Oxford Commons off Sisk Avenue. They'll have 4,000 square feet of Rebel gear ready for your trip to the Grove. On your next trip to Oxford, stop by the College Corner or our other great locations in Ridgeland and Flowood. Hats, shirts, polos, pullovers, sweats, T-shirts. College Corner has it all. And as always, you can visit us online at collegecornerstore.com. That's collegecornerstore.com. The College Corner, where your game day apparel meets. Everybody get your track suits on. Everybody, uh, everybody's got the same pair of shoes on. Um, let's put the quarters over our eyes and lay down in our bunk beds. We're heading to College Station, <laughs> Texas A&M. Bobby Petrino, office coordinator, probably one of the better hires in the country in the offseason. 
I talked with J.D. Piquel earlier today on Daytime Fireworks, and I asked him this question. Can Jimbo and Bobby Petrino coexist? Uh, yeah, I mean, that's the million-dollar question, Brian. I mean, if they can coexist, then Texas A&M is uh, seriously a real threat to win the West. You talk about that other team that could win the West. I mean, they're as talented as anybody out there. I mean, in those that big, big time, you know, best class in the history of classes that they signed is kind of coming of age, you know, this year, hopefully for them. So, I mean, if, if he can let them coexist, which I don't necessarily think that's going to happen, if he can keep his hands off the offense and let Petrino cook, for lack of a better word, then, I mean, I don't know why. Don't they get LSU at home? No, they go to um, LSU. No, they go to Baton Rouge. Uh, okay. Well, uh, either way, not, not not a tough place to play. We just discussed that. So, <laughs> point point is, is that, I, I mean, Wegman, I, I don't, like, think he's going to, like, win the Heisman or anything, but I think he's a pretty good quarterback, honestly. Got it, too. Yeah, he played really well against Ole Miss a year ago and was starting to come on late in the year. I I just still think that there's no way that Jimbo is going to let Petrino call plays and get all the credit when things go right. Um, I just don't think he can get out of his own way. And I, I, I am here for them to fist fight on the sideline. Like I just, I want it to happen. Like I want them to come to blows, have to be separated by analysts and strength coaches and just everything to blow up. But look, on paper, they're as good as anybody. They're as good as Georgia. Um, I think uh, Evan Stewart is is a probably a future All American and wide receiver. He's special. Um, they've added some big time transfers. They got Sam McCall from Florida State, Josh DeBerry from Boston College, and Tony Grimes from North Carolina in the secondary. And I think the front seven, another year getting older. You know, all those highly rated guys that they signed. Um, and then you add a quarterback that I mean, I think it's going to be Connor Wegman. They're they're being pretty tongue in cheek about it that Max Johnson has a chance. I think it's Wegman, um, but uh, yeah, I, I think they're going to be pretty special on offense. If if Jimbo can just stay out of the way, they're going to be a handful. Yeah, it's a seventy-seven million dollar question for Jimbo. Like, can you <laughs> control your ego enough to succeed? And that's what it comes down to. Because I think if he just gets out of Petrino's way. They're going to be hell on offense, man. They got weapons at wide receiver, as you said, Jack. Zach, you didn't even name uh, what was the uh, is it Musa Muhammad's kid? Yeah, he's um, a stud too. Yeah, like they're really good in the trenches. They're good on both sides. Um, they, they don't really have they don't really have a weak spot. Now, quarterback is sort of unproven and untested, but if he reaches his ceiling, like he's a top half quarterback in the SEC. So. It really does come down to whether or not Jimbo and Bobby can can coexist. And I guess we'll see. Look, week two, they go to Miami. Now, I don't think Miami is going to be like a championship contender, but I think they're going to be better than they were last year. And last year was just a rock fight in College Station. That was one of the worst games of the season. It was just the offenses were pitiful. Um, I don't think it's going to be like that this year. So we should know early whether or not these uh, Jimbo is going to insist on you know, the Stone Age offense or whether or not Bobby Petrino is going to go power spread and chunk the ball around. And um, it'll be interesting to watch play out. But if if they can coexist, Ben was right with the sizzler right out of the gate. 
A&M can win the West. I look at them win the West. A&M could be in the the playoff. Like they could be in like the conversation for a national championship. They are that talented. They just have to get out of their own way. So here's hoping they don't. We'll see. Yeah, I mean, we the everybody needs to be a huge fan of Jimbo Fisher's stubbornness. Yeah, because if he if he just relents and allows Petrino to do it, they're gonna. I mean, they will be hell on will. Literally, they will. I mean, they're yeah. they are as talented as Alabama is right now. But we but mm. we say that every year, and they find ways to lose games they're not supposed to. This is this is true. That's also before they got Bobby Petrino. Yeah, yeah. I'll throw I'll throw this out on the athletic. They did a SEC preview with predictions, and then they had a little scouting report section where they they talked with SEC assistant coaches, you know, anonymously, mm-hmm. and they were asked about Jimbo and Petrino, and <laughs> this is the quote. I've heard it can be total chaos. I know a lot of people who have worked with both and they're like, quote, I don't know how in the hell that's going to work out, but maybe it is. I haven't heard anything out of camp, but it's also different once live bullets start flying and you go through adversity. It's easy to be nice right now. Like it's easy to be chums and like, you know, it's easy for Bobby to be deferential during practice. It's a whole different ball game when it's third and eight at Miami in the fourth quarter and Jimbo insists on making the call, you know? Yeah, I – Trouble in paradise. I can't wait for everything to fall apart. It'll be great. Um, <clears throat> All right, let's get to Auburn. And um, uh, Guys, I know nothing about Auburn we other don't have than to the spend... fact that they suck. We I really to... know nothing about them. <laughs> We don't have to spend I, a lot I know of time they, they on this. finished second for Cam Franklin recently, so that was a pretty <laughs> that was pretty encouraging. Yeah, uh, Peyton Thorne is announced as the starter. He's a Michigan State quarterback, but doesn't have Keon Coleman to throw to anymore. And um, and he yeah, sucked I, last year with Coleman. Yeah, I mean he if he wasn't throwing a jump ball to him, that was pretty much all he did. Um, they have eleven new starters on offense. Um. Oh, but they did get a transfer out of a South Florida running back. So there's that. Wait, did you say you say eleven new sort like the entire offense is new? Um, it's uh no, I think that's just overall. Oh, okay. Oh, wait, oh, wait, no, 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 that is correct. This is per Yahoo. The offense will have eleven new starters in the opener against UMass because Thorne is the starter. Well, that one the running back is back. Is he still suspended? Oh, okay. Well, I think he might not be I don't know. I mean, unless he got suspended for porn. Did he get an OnlyFans NIL deal? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> um, I, I mean, yeah, Jarquez Hunter is, is back, and he's good. Um, yeah, that's us. The Brian Beatty kid from South Florida ran for 1,200 yards a year ago. Um, but they're playing you... dudes from Tulsa on the offensive line. Like, they're relying on <laughs> Tulsa transfers. Well, because they got, they got uh, Montgomery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, but I'm just saying. Can like, you? They went to can, you name, can you name their leading receiver from last year? Oh. Auburn's no yeah. chance. And, and I now it's 500 guesses. Yeah. Did they throw the ball last year? <laughs> it is Javarius Johnson. He had 26 catches for 493 yards and three touchdowns last year. 26 catches. 
Nice. Gross. So, I think Laquan had like eighty as a freshman. Something. Dude, he absurd. had he. What, what did he? Didn't he have like eleven in the first game? Against <laughs> yeah, against Bandy. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um. So a lot of new faces on offense. A lot of portal guys. Um. The they Austin Keys transfers over from Ole Miss. They get Justin <laughs> Rogers from Kentucky. Good for them. Yeah. Cam Riley was second on the team in tackles. Four of the five starters in the secondary are back, but they got to replace Derek Hall and Colby Wooden. Uh, good luck replacing Derek Hall. He was a monster. Yeah, monster. Monster. Um, yeah, I, I think they're going to be bad. Um, Derek Hall told, was good enough that you noticed how good he was in yeah, like yeah. one game. I yeah. Our our boy. I sent this. I sent this to y'all earlier in the week. Our boy Stephen Hartzell put out the hot take that he thinks Vandy wins more games than Auburn this year. I don't think that's too crazy. Ooh, that's a little stretch. That's a. It's not too crazy, but that is. Well, and look, they play each other. Yeah, and that's late in the year when it like is. Auburn could be in quit mode at that time. Oh my god! We, like Ole Miss fans, how many times have we seen a Hugh Freeze team lose to yeah. Vanderbilt, a Vanderbilt team that that we should beat? Yeah, yeah but Auburn is like their non-conference schedule is is pathetic. Yeah. They play. Oh my they, lord! Well, they they, they open the year with UMass, UMass, Cal, and New Mexico State. Yeah, but look, New Mexico State <laughs> might clap those cheeks again. They got freeze last year at Liberty. <laughs> like they they blew the doors off Liberty. Oh my god! I totally forgot about that game. Good <laughs> lord! That was and awesome. they could they they could lose to Cal. No, they're. They're locked Cal, in for now. Cal did Cal did lose their quarterback, who was actually pretty good for them last year, on a bad look, team. They got Spavital at OC now at Cal, so they're going to chunk it around a little bit. They're not going to do the three yards in the cloud of dust Wait, thing that they've done. Is it in Berkeley? I think yeah, it, yeah, it is in Berkeley. Berkeley. Yeah, it's a nine thirty start. It's the last year of Pac twelve after dark. I get that. That's, that's where that's where wayward. That's where where SEC West teams that are lost in the wilderness <laughs> go to take an L. <laughs> they have a better chance of losing to Samford than they do of losing one of the other three non-conference games. Like that, there's just a zero. That's what it is. They're in the wilderness, yeah. and they've got to get out. That yeah, I just don't. I have no faith. With just there's too many new faces. I, Freeze has to get like his guy at quarterback for them to work. Um, and you know, all all jokes aside. It, he can get a quarterback that, that he likes and can do what he likes to do. He's going to be fine, but they, they don't have it yet. Um, Look, we, we talked about this offline though, Zach, like people like to say that Freeze's first year at Ole Miss. They like to point to that when comparing this Auburn team, like he kind of worked a minor miracle at Ole Miss um, that first year with Bo Wallace, but they don't, Auburn doesn't have a Dante Moncrief. Like that dude's right. not on this roster. Like, I, don't have Thorne, Sanders. Yeah, right. Like Peyton Thorne might be better than Boaz. I don't know, maybe, but I know their receivers are not as good as that receiving core. I know look, right. our offensive line also that year, like they stayed healthy the entire season. We didn't yeah. have a single injury. Good luck with that. CJ Johnson. Mm -hmm. I mean, there were some weird players on that team too, but yeah. Ole Miss had some like five star talent in in yeah. spots. I'm not saying that team was talented. Yeah, but like you said, they almost did have Dante Moncrief and season, and, and people forget Denzel Kimdichie was good as a freshman. Mm -hmm. Like he sucked oh, yeah. as like an upperclassman, but as a freshman, yeah. he was very. I mean, his numbers were similar to the to the Honey Badger. 
Go back and look at him. I mean, he, he forced like several fumbles, had several sacks. You know, it was just a different – and that team played hard. Now, he may get yep. this Auburn team to play hard. I don't know. But you got to remember, this is a little bit different in that not only is he – I mean, there, this is a this is a team that some of the players may have wanted to keep Cadillac. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. All right. Ole um, Miss was desperate when Freeze came, having to oh, deal with yeah, yeah. Uh, Houston Knight and all that, you know, just – just unorganized and, yeah. and and I mean this is not like Ole Miss had I guess what I, where I'm getting at is Ole Miss had shortcomings in talent in spots for sure but Ole Miss had a lot of disorganization that was really you know I guess it just allowed for a huge step up the next year I mean had a lot higher ceiling than I think we give it credit for. Not only that, but the, the SEC West was different in 2012 mm. than it is in 2023. Yeah. I mean, w- yes, you had Johnny football, but like some of the, some of our opponents just weren't that great back then. I, including you know, Auburn. It, including LSU. Yeah. Like now you've got to deal with Brian Kelly. Back then it was less miles. And I know he won the na- won national championship and all that kind of stuff. That ain't the same as playing against Brian Kelly. Yeah. No. A friend of mine pointed out, too, it's so wild. Freeze, Auburn released one of Freeze's classic, you know, go get them, rah, rah, locker room speeches, which which he's, you know, at times could be really good at. I think he's very good at it. Yeah, I think those get old after a certain point. You know, there's only so many of those. There's a shelf life. Exactly. But, But early on, they certainly seem to work. But the the my buddy commented because because the, the speech was basically free saying like they don't think we can do it and they're doubting us and you know us against the world and again he does all that stuff really well but how wild is it that the head coach at Auburn is trotting mm-hmm. the uh, us against the world underdog scrappy we're just the little engine that could at Auburn it's so funny like it's just a different that's just a different thing there I mean they've never been elite elite. But they've never been a program that had to like do the bootstraps thing, you know. The every, the world's against us, our backs are against the wall. We're all we've got. It's just so wild for we, Auburn to do that. And so, how long this, can Freeze get yes, away with that? There, correct. We've done this several times. And the the team that claims to be Alabama's rival cannot do that. That's exactly. Like, but yeah. is there is there a better team fit for us against the world than Auburn fans? I mean, that's, but it, that's it, right up their alley. Mississippi State. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But well, I mean, like, that's like the I grinder. Was, <laughs> I was also going <laughs> to, I was also going to say there's probably going to be some Auburn fans that take exception to that and get pissed that he's doing that. Right. Exactly. That's what I mean. Like, after in year three, that speech is not going to be acceptable to that fan base anymore. No. Like, it's just not. It wasn't for us, really, though. I know, know it, it wasn't. It, it wasn't. That's how it, I know it it's gets, not going to be for them. You're right. He's a program builder. He's like he's like the first le- uh, first leg of a relay. Yeah. Like you, if you could yeah. take Freeze and then let him start your program off and say, "Thank you, man. See you later." He's like mm-hmm. a revival preacher. Yeah, you know, and and um, but to your point about Auburn being this you know underdog, it, we talked about this ad nauseum over the past few years of us doing this. If you laid out the SEC West, you could take. Alabama and kind of tear it by itself 
and then a half a step down to LSU. But Alabama and LSU, and maybe even A&M, even though they've not won, but in mm-hmm. terms of like potential, are like in this first quadrant. And then you have Auburn by itself. Mm-hmm. And then you have half a step down Arkansas, Ole Miss, and Mississippi State. And mm-hmm. so it's like you've really got three – and I guess you could put – Right now, A&M's production is like the bottom quadrant. Mm. But the problem is, is A&M has a trillion dollars. Yeah. Yeah. So you you can never put them down there, even though that they they really produce like that. Mm -hmm. But Auburn, for them to be this us against the world, I mean, that's, I mean, I hate to say it. That's like an Ole Miss mentality and really one that we've not had since Lane Kiffin got here. I mean, we've really not yeah, it's like and, and and you want to talk about being able to have longevity with a fan base. Now, don't get me wrong, flirting with other programs, whether it's true or not, I'm sure there's some truth to it last year. That does get old. But take that out of it. I'm talking about just in terms of press conferences, handling games, use of timeouts, locker room speeches, recruiting. Kiffin does not have a shelf life. He can do it forever because – Mm-hmm. Because he's not annoying. It's and not any gimmicks. of that, yeah. Th- there's nothing that's gimmick. He's like, yeah, we we practice hard, we play hard. It's good. I mean, mm-hmm. he, he really has taken the Nick Saban approach, and Nick Saban's not like he he has no gimmick. Hugh Freeze literally looks like somebody, not looks, but talks like somebody who coached at Briarcrest. Mm-hmm. I mean, he just does. And so, mm-hmm. anyway, I, it's just he fits them from a from a whole holier than thou standpoint mm-hmm. but as far as like oh man but let's just get that we're gonna get this thing together and middle tennessee told us they don't yeah. think you're worth a dang and it's like yeah, right, right bro we're at auburn yeah like what what are you talking about uh, we're, we're gonna strap up and just go beat them i don't know yeah you uh, can't do the shock the world shit when you literally won a national championship like within the last 15 years yeah. yeah, have the best college football player perhaps ever. Maybe yeah. the best two college football players ever if you include Bo Jackson. Yeah. And so and several Heisman Trophy winners. And it's just not a no, no. While Auburn is not Alabama. Oh, I mean, I he, I mean he, but here's a here's the thing. Hugh Freeze would do that at Alabama. Like he Right. That's all he, dude, that's all he, he knows. That's all he knows. Yeah. That's that's literally yeah, that's he's playing the hits again. We've yeah, seen I mean, he could before. get he could become the head coach at Texas, and, <laughs> and or Ohio State or Michigan, and talk about it how it's them against the world. And it's like, dude, he could do it at Notre Dame. Notre Dame has their own TV channel. It's NBC. Mm-hmm. Anyway, sorry for the round. It's just ridiculous. Look, right. Auburn, they suck, and they're going to be trash. And Hugh Freeze will have them very good in two years, and then it'll crash. I mean, it's very predictable. He, they will be yeah. very good in two or three years. And the, the gimmick will wear off, and they'll get wrecked at home by, like, Kentucky, and then the fans will be done with him. All right, so what's the one that he has the best shot of getting this year that he will Ole Miss. Matt, you did, yeah, yeah, I think so, too. And it's, and it's solely because Ole Miss never plays well on the Plains. Never. Ever. Three wins since 1999. Yeah, I've seen two that. of them. It's bonkers. That tells you thing. Um, and, and it'll and be, the, I'm sure one, it'll be a night game since it's, since it's the, at Auburn. Mm-hmm. You know? And the one, the one they got in 99, well, hell, the 2003 one, well, ball don't lie in 2003 because yeah, 
they threw a pick and it went right through the Ole Miss guy's hands and bounced to the guy and he walked in for a touchdown. But, you know, Obamanu drops it in the end zone. But 99, it actually popped up on Twitter today. The throw that Romero Miller made in overtime, mm. yep, one of the best throws I've ever seen. Yeah. He, oh, yeah, he threads a needle. He got hit in his chest and threw it to Corey Peterson, like just literally threw it to a spot. Yeah. And Corey Peterson went and caught it while the Auburn guy's arm was like in the way. Yeah. Like the Auburn guy here's, didn't even turn around and he still caught it. Here's the problem with, with Auburn and us, like their spot against us is they're They're going to be a four loss team at that point. They're going to be beat to a pulp, man. It's and they play. Yeah, what's what's their health going to be like at that point? How yeah. how healthy are they? What what's the injury situation? And I think we have a bye before Auburn, if I'm not mistaken. So yeah, their, stretch, their stretch is at A and M, Georgia, bye week at LSU, back home for us, and then they go to then they have state next. I mean, it's not like I mean I know he will. I know he will have a circled. I know he will have a game plan for us. But like you can't take those other weeks off, or you'll lose to state the next week. Correct. I mean, he's if he has us circled, LSU will beat them to sleep. Yeah, and they may they may anyway. But you're exactly right. That might be the one that he just flushes, and LSU may beat them by thirty. Oh yeah, then they'll rally the troops, you know. Mm-hmm. But but one and four or whatever they're going to be at that point, two and four, whatever it is. Yeah, that's not very. Sad. I mean. No. Yeah, he he got hot late in 2012, but at Auburn, man, that's not salvageable. Though they, they will have already turned. We should have hired Cadillac. We we shouldn't have gone dude, and gotten and, this. And then after you that, know, they, they still got Arkansas and Alabama on the schedule. I mean, it's not over. You know, Ole Miss, State, Vandy, Arkansas, and you finish with Bama. Yeah, they got to play at Vanderbilt, and I guarantee you, Clark Lee will have that game scheduled. For I mean, sure. you don't you don't think he can scheme up? Beating Ole Miss, beating Arkansas, obviously beating Vanderbilt, and then find <laughs> one more. I mean MSU. That's that's four and four in the SEC right there. No, I think and I'm, he, not, I'm not. I think he I'm not can. saying that it's going to happen, but like, I mean, I don't. A lot of things are going to have to go right. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I oh, let me let me. Say the this. way you we, asked that question wasn't very didn't sound like you're very convinced he could do it. No, I'm I'm convinced. I think they're going to win at least three SEC games. But I, I'm going to say. Would it like absolutely stun you if Texas A&M wasn't very good this year and they beat Texas A&M? Yes, no. I'd be really surprised. It would yeah. stun you. No. Yeah. 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 I think I, I think A&M's going to beat Auburn by like seventeen points. I, I was going to say I don't think A&M loses that game. No, I don't it's think at, so it's either. At A&M too. That, Bobby that, Petrino that against Auburn. He will. Re- who's who <laughs> even is their defensive coordinator? Who's to say like, Bobby Petrino's call some plays dude from that Liberty? Culture? So, I don't. I don't think Auburn's going to be good. I'm just saying. I, I think you Freeze could dial something up. <laughs> yeah. Who's who? Who even is, is it? Wesley McGriff. Who even is there? <laughs> oh wait, no, 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 no. Uh, McGriff is on the staff. Exactly. He's not there you go. Dude, there you go. Their eyes oh, are going to be in the right it's, place. It's Ron Roberts. Oh, Ron who? Roberts is good though. Yeah, so he, yeah. and look, Wesley McGriff is going to have their eyes in the right spot, and their fits are going to be perfect. <laughs> look, if A and M, this all I'm saying, if A and M goes to Miami, if they ensure that they're three and zero going into Auburn, Petrino will still be calling plays at that point. Nick, and they who, will. Who are the three SEC wins, Nick? 
Yeah, I, I, this is Vandy. This is just absolutely MSU preposterous. Okay, I mean, y'all, I, we've we've already is that, just, is that game in start? No, 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 no. But it's, it's after the Ole Miss game. It's after no, the Ole Miss, right after. Oh, that's right. That's right. Hear me out. It's, okay, so so they get Vanderbilt, who is who's Vanderbilt. They get MSU, who we've all said. That, it's the timing that they play them. Sure, sure, I get that, but the, their scheme doesn't fit. They they don't have you know the the right the right uh, personnel for what they're going to try and run. They're going to be the worst team in the West or right down there at the bottom. Okay, there's two, and then all of a sudden the third one would be either Ole Miss, who is going to be the game of the year for them, or Arkansas, who I don't think is like world beaters. I, like the fact that y'all don't think they could even win three is like insane. I'm not saying they're going to win three. I'm saying like there's there's two bad teams on their schedule: MSU and Vanderbilt. And then they just have to win one more game to get to, to three of a bunch of teams that are, are not world beaters. I, I Who's their other East opponent other than Georgia? Oh, Vanderbilt. I just Vanderbilt said. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. so having Georgia but they're on dogs there, in all those games except State and Vandy. They're going to be dogs in every SEC game but State and Vandy. Okay, so they need to pull one out uh, to get to three. Yeah, the, the, and they also have to play at Cal. I mean – so, oh my god! <laughs> Let's talk about LSU again. I'd rather I'd rather discuss how great the Tigers are going to be than this. That's <laughs> no, no, I'm just saying. Now, they're going to be playing not, miss, please MH, let them MHSAA seven A next year. Cal, they can't find anyone who wants. <laughs> they're pitiful. Literally, they're, they're not. But they have to get on a plane and travel there. That is they so live far. on the plains. What are you talking I'm not, about? I'm not, <laughs> I'm not saying they're going to lose to Cal. I think they're going to beat Cal. I just think that, like, at, have when, you add it, when you add it all together, they get UMass home, they'll win. The next week they have to travel to Cal. That's a four-day event going to Cal. Like, getting on planes, traveling there, getting accustomed to the What's... time change. It's a 9.30 p.m. Central kick. Okay. What's... Then they come back and play Sanford, which is not a big deal. But then they rattle off. In consecutive weeks, a- at A&M and Georgia at home, those are going to be two whippings. So they're going to be – I mean, at this point, they're at best three and two. And then they bye week at LSU, Ole Miss at home, State at home, at Vandy, at Arkansas. Like, that is just – it's mur- – I mean, I know Ole Miss, State, Vandy, Arkansas. On paper, sure, they could win all four games. But when you look at it while they're – three and three at that point with the loss at LSU. I just, I don't see the three and three going into those four. I mean, sure. I mean, maybe Hugh Freeze rattles them all off. They're seven and three. And now they're, you know, it's giving them a paper him thin roster too. It's a here's, paper thin it, roster. And just, here's the, oh man. here's the good news here. And then we got to move on. They're like one injury away from being four and eight. Yeah. The good news is, is that the first Baptist Church of Berkeley is an 11 minute walk from Memorial <laughs> Stadium? So they'll go nice. and have a nice. I can't believe there is a Baptist Church in Berkeley, to be honest with well, you. Well, I had to zoom in. There are a lot of Catholic <laughs> churches over there. Um, all right. So let's do, let's go Mississippi State next because I do think Arkansas has at least a little intrigue. And then mm. we'll close with Ole Miss. I, we've talked about it already plenty. I just don't. See, it's just a terrible situation. There's no getting around it. Mm-hmm. It's it sucks. Mike Leach is gone. Rivalry aside, I mean, nobody on this show is going to do that whole thing. But like, you know, one of the greater voices of college football, one of the more entertaining people in college football, one of the brighter minds offensively in college football, and just having to 
pick back up where you left off last year is just going to be tough. And you've got a whole new scheme offensively. That's my biggest thing. Aside mm. from losing your head coach and the leader of your program is, you know, what's Will Rogers going to look like in a brand new scheme? Um, it's not going to be a, you know, complete Bill Walsh under center pro style. I mean, the, his name is escaping me, but the guy from app state, he, he's going to have some, mm-hmm. he's going to have some spread stuff, but it's not the air raid. And I just, I know Will Rogers has been there forever. He's going to, he's going to be able to do some things here and there, but I mean, Jaquavius Marks is back. I think he's a good running back. Um, Jade Wally, Rufus Harvey, um, LaDietrich Griffin, but you lose Ra Ra Thomas. I, I just, I don't know. I, I don't know where you find the wins here. I, I think five and seven, six and six is, is where they're at. The signs of summer are here. Freshly mowed grass, days in the water at the ballpark, and all the rest on the golf course. Well, that's how we do it over here at Oxford and Ole Miss anyway. And PXG Golf Apparel is here to make sure you're locked and loaded for round after round at University Course or Oxford Country Club. PXG has taken its mission to create the most high-quality, high-performance golf clubs in the game to their new line of apparel as well. With PXG Apparel, there's something for everyone, from pants, polos, and sweaters to hats, joggers, and skirts. You'll usually find me with a hat on my head, and PXG has nailed the fitted breathable, and my navy goes with pretty much anything. So don't wait another second. Elevate your style game on and off the course with the PXG Spring Summer 2024 Collection. Head over to pxg.com slash TOC and use promo code TOC for Talk of Champions at checkout to save 10% on all apparel. That's pxg.com slash TOC, code TOC for Talk of Champions to save 10% on apparel. PXG, a proud sponsor of the Talk of Champions Podcast Network. It's concert season. And concert season is all about the boots. Already, Oxford and Ole Miss have seen Morgan Wallen lighted up at Vaught-Hemingway Stadium. Ole Miss football star and Talk of Champions podcaster Jared Ivey bemoaned how his boots were lacking. He should have gone with Tecovis, the only stop for the Ole Miss fan and the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings for the spring and summer, including timeless, always-on-trend styles in men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. Stop by your local Tacova store and have a complimentary drink or two on the house while you shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and a friendly staff are at your service, and many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it to a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. The sun's a-shining in Oxford, Mississippi. Cookouts in the Grove, beer showers. It's just the very best time for an Ole Miss Rebel to get out and get going. Carry front door peace of mind with you everywhere you go with Eufy Video Lock. Never has home security been so easy. Eufy Video Lock, an all-in-one security device for your front door, allows you to keep an eye on everything back home. And it's so easy. Installation requires only a screwdriver, so ditch those house keys forever and give Eufy Video Lock a try today. There's no monthly fee, and Eufy Video Lock has customer support on standby 247 to help you with any and all home security needs. Go ahead, have your home as fun in the sun with the assurance your home is in good hands with Eufy Video Lock. Eufy Video Lock's built-in camera can tell you who's at your front door from the comfort of your poolside chair. 
So search Eufy Video Lock today. That's E-U-F-Y Video Lock. Or visit eufyofficial.com slash video lock to see how you can gain complete control of your door. That's Eufy Video Lock, a proud sponsor of this, the Talk of Champions Podcast Network. What was their total? Six and a half? Six and a half. This year. And Austin took under? Yep. Yep. You know, I think to hit the over, they're going to have to go 4-0 in the non-conference. And then, you know, they'll and beat Kentucky and Ole Miss at home. You know, that's that gets them to six. That's tall. Then they'd have to they yeah. they have to slip up and find somebody on the road. And yeah, I mean their their road games are at South Carolina. Dude, it's just a tough schedule, man. In Arizona in week two. And mm-hmm. and Arizona's not great, but I mean that's still no. You're not wrong. It's a Power five non-conference game in the second week of the season. Yeah, I mean, if, if you're if state, Auburn can't you... beat Cal, I mean, Arizona is going to wrong <laughs> Mississippi State. But look, Arizona's going to have more system continuity than State will have by week 100%. two of the season. I mean, you know, the personnel you know, is probably going to be, you know, pretty one-sided in State's favor. But but Arizona knows who they are, and Jed Fish actually did a pretty good job for them last year. They've got some transfers. I mean, it's not a layup. It's not. You know, if you're State – you take over six and a half for sure if the Alabama and Arkansas games are flipped, but they host Alabama and play at Arkansas. Mm-hmm. That sucks. Like I, I'm, I'm a broken record here, and at the risk of sounding like one, I'd rather play Alabama on the road every year. Just going mm-hmm. to play them and like if we're unless we, I mean unless it's a lightning in the bottle year, let's just go ahead and go to Tuscaloosa. Yeah. State. I, it's, I, the only thing that brings me pause here about you know not taking the over or whatever the to- line total is, State's just like very experienced and they've got a quarterback mm-hmm. who's thirty, and so that yeah. that Go always. Get a job. <laughs> I mean that dude is so old. Like it's like Chris yeah. Winky back there, and and that yeah that always helps. I mean. Lazy take. Old experienced quarterbacks are good, but he'll be yeah. he'll be good in that locker room. He'll keep them together. There'll be a lot of bumps along the way with you know a whole new basically a whole new staff and new scheme. Um, yeah, I, I just I don't know. Jet Johnson, Nathaniel Watson are back on defense, but like uh, they allowed five point two yards per play last year. So. Like, the Man, one look. thing I'll say about Arnett is this is you've there's a difference in in any profession and being the guy standing next to the guy doing it and the guy doing it. Mm-hmm. And he may be Kirby Smart. I, I don't know. But I man, think it's more likely he's Will Muschamp. That's right. That's a great way to put it. Um yeah. And look, there are exceptions to this, and some of this applies to our players too. I'm not, I'm not blind to that fact. But in the SEC, this is this is the NFL developmental league. It's not always great when you return seniors. That means you got a bunch of dudes that couldn't go pro as juniors. So, right. I yeah, they're old on both sides of the ball. But who gives a shit? Like it's the these are <laughs> these are guys that are like free agents. You know what I'm saying? Like they're they're gonna have a cup of coffee in the NFL. Maybe this is not 30 years ago, right? Like you're not. It's not how it works now. Every team churns out underclassmen or you know early and early early NFL guys, right? That that bolt because this is the best conference in the country. So like being old 
I mean, it counts for something, I guess, but I, I just there seems to be that they're making much of that on Twitter and elsewhere that they got like 22 seniors or whatever. All right, man. Like why didn't they go pro? Cause they're not that good. That's why. You know, the funny thing about that point is the, in, at least in the last 15 years, watching Ole Miss football, the best Ole Miss looked is when a bunch of juniors went to the NFL, mm-hmm. like 14 yeah. or 15, Kim Dietschy, Treadwell, mm-hmm. Evan Ingram, you know, Tunsil. Tunsil, yeah. Yeah, those guys, when we ran out of locker room, look, well, I don't go to Tuscaloosa unless I feel like we have a chance at winning. So I've only been a handful of times. And, and uh, admittedly, a couple of those times, they wrecked us. But yeah. in 15, I went expecting to win. I think we were even favored we were, and, yeah. and at, at kickoff. And the thing was, when we came out of locker room, we looked just as good or better than they did. Yeah. And I was like, well, I mean, we got better players than they do. They don't have anybody that looks like Robert Kimdichie. And and the point I'm trying to make is, if a guy is that good, he's not staying until he's 23 years old. Mm-hmm. Now, there are exceptions, like quarterback. I mean, Matt Corral stayed four or five years. Or um, – COVID you know, made like, that funky, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you're right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, I'm not. I don't think Corral's going pro after his junior year is what I'm getting at. Mm-hmm. But I, I do think that like when it comes to defensive linemen, there are only so many miles on those tires, mm-hmm. and so they're not going to waste time playing football for forty thousand dollars of NIL money when the NFL free agency. I mean, even just making a practice squad pays more than that. So yeah, uh, there's a good point to that. I mean. The, my only hesitation here, guys, truly, is state just always seems to find for like what I mean. How many ball games have they gone to in a row? I mean, they've Ten. gone to yeah. I mean, they even went one year when they were five and seven, but mm. they um. They and just I think never, Arnett's they a good defensive a coach to, too. Like, yeah. I think he's a really good defensive coach. It's just like what we talked about before the show started. When you rattle off who all the SEC West coaches are. I mean, they they better have struck lightning in a bottle with yeah. this guy because it's not his fault. It's just the league at this point is just ridiculous with who's coaching. And you're talking about guys who, and I, this is a long rant, and I'll, I'll I'll wind it up here. Everybody in the West, outside of Zach Arnett, really had and. I mean, I maybe to an extent Pittman, but not really because Pittman was insistent for a very long time. Mm-hmm. I mean, is Arnett forty? Like, maybe. is he forty years old? It just I mean, right at it, so. barely. Yeah. Let me ask you. Let me let me ask it to you this way: Who do y'all think is more accomplished, Pete Golding or Zach Arnett? Oh, Pete. Yeah. You, you know what I'm saying? Zach and Arnett so, is thirty-six. Oh my god. Thirty-six. <laughs> oh my god! Also, I would've, we would have gone to high school. Austin's like wouldn't have gone to high school with him for being too old. Yeah. Do you know where Zach Arnett? Do you know where he was born? Zach Arnett's a Zoomer. Uh, I do not know where he's born. West Point, Mississippi. I don't know. No, I would have never guessed this. He was born in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Oh wow, he kind of yeah. I I played at New Mexico. Yeah, I was gonna say I knew he coached there too, right? Didn't he learn under Rocky Long? Is that right? He was at San Diego State. So yeah, but before that, where was Rocky Long? Was Rocky Long at New Mexico when Arnett was? He might have been the coach, but yeah, he he never coached at New Mexico. He went Arnett straight didn't. to San Diego State. Rocky Long it, it, was was the coach at New Mexico, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To wind this up, 
State had very consistent coaches mm-hmm. from like Dan Mullen. I mean, take out the Joe Moorhead years, but even then, mm-hmm. you know, Moorhead didn't suck and he was accomplished as a coordinator. Not saying Arnett's not. He's just, I mean, he's 36. And then, yeah. um, and I, don't get me wrong, I love the fact that 36 year olds made it that point. That's awesome. Um, and then, but you've got like Mullen consistency, Moorhead, and then you got Mike Leach, who like, let's say, I mean, I know that they were kind of down on him at the end, but may he rest in peace. Leach never really sucked anywhere he went ever. No. And matter of fact, had 11 or 12 win seasons at all of the hardest places to coach in college football. Yeah, so right, right. I'm not calling him like an elite coach, but he's going to win seven games. And and State has had that kind of consistency since before I – I mean, since I got to college, really. Mm-hmm. And so like – 13 or 14 or 15, however long, 16 years ago. So, yeah, anyway, I just, they don't have that. And now they've got a third. I did not know he was 36. Yeah, that crazy. just makes my point even, even more. I mean, the point I was trying to make was these guys in the West coached their whole freaking career to get to that point. Mm-hmm. Like we're talking about spent decades. The freeze was different back in 12, but that's not freezing. It isn't 2012 anymore. That was 11 years ago now. All these guys are like veterans. I mean, real, and I'm maybe that means nothing. Maybe it means nothing. But like I said, being somebody who's been thrown into a position as as early as I have in my career, there's a big difference in watching somebody do it and you being the one making those decisions. You being the one opening the doors in the morning, getting people to workouts. I mean, that's just yeah. a different life. That like the one you're the one who's firing assistant coaches or strength coaches because they're not doing whatever they're supposed to be doing. I mean, it's just, you know, and maybe he's up for that, but there's, that's a lot to learn. And we saw this firsthand with Matt Luke. That's a lot to learn mm-hmm. at, at an SEC job. Like you go to Troy and then you go to, or South Alabama and then you go to UCF and then you go to Mississippi state. Mm-hmm. You don't do like coordinator. And then at 36 be named the head coach. Like, and then learn on the job and then have this schedule with this roster and then win 10 games or whatever. Like that just, that's not a possibility. Ran over. Sorry. Couldn't agree more under. I, 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 I've apologized like five times because I've been long winning. Like, but I didn't get to talk last week. So I'm, I had a lot mm-hmm. of thoughts. So unless Nick wants to come in and defend Mississippi state here, I think we all agree they're going to be bad. Yeah, no, remember that that, that same uh, Mississippi State team that you guys are just harping on how bad they're going to be. They do play Auburn, so I'm just saying, whenever Auburn beats them and they get three or four SEC wins, that's where they came from. We, I think in our Auburn analysis, we said that they would beat Vandy and State. Yeah, we gave them those, dude. Yeah, and y'all were like dumbfounded. Oh, they might win a third game somehow? No, I just said, who was it? Who no, is no, no, the no. third? Like, you, you calling you your shot. four and four. Yeah, because Ole Miss and Arkansas and Texas A&M all exist. <laughs> I think I just think no. you're underrating Auburn a little bit, and also I think Ole Miss is going to find it difficult to play against their former head coach because he is going to have no. everything in the world dialed up. The problem I, with that, I agree with the latter half of that. And Lane Kiffin's not. Yeah. Lane Kiffin hates Freeze too oh, equally I as much. One hundred percent believe he hates him. And Listen, none of these dudes. As I'll somebody this, going it to won't the be game, any, I hope it, y'all are right. I mean, it won't be any more hostile than whoa, Knoxville was in 2020. No, no, it's not possible. And, and, yeah. and, and we had and we had like 
what was that dude's name? Jacor Pearson playing wide receiver. Yeah. Now we Dennis, did have Matt Dennis Corral. Jackson. Dennis Jackson. I mean, he called a touchdown. This is Dennis Jackson, the racer. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so Nick gets mad at us for, for hyping up LSU, but then he's over here carrying the torch. Oh my <laughs> gosh. No, 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 yeah. no. This is Jesus, this is rewriting Jesus. history. The, it wasn't it wasn't over hyping LSU. It was this was an LSU podcast. It was, yeah. it was fawning up to the highest degree. It was All right. over the top. It went on as long as longer than Ben's rant a second ago because <laughs> you guys talking about LSU. Right. It was a soliloquy. Nick, Nick is Carr, ready. To, he's ready Nick to lock Carr the game and pick a fight. Skybar. <laughs> yeah, I'm mean, not a fight, an Auburn Nick. apologist. The Auburn oh. underrated SEC town. If that's the discussion, let me, let me ask y'all this question before we close: Would anybody be surprised if Auburn beat Ole Miss? Yeah, no, I wouldn't be surprised. Not take not. out take out the fact that they're playing at Auburn, and it's a huge surprise. Yeah, correct. But the problem is, that. is that we're playing at Auburn. Yeah, I know, yeah, but we, that's the that's the only reason. It has nothing to do with the personnel or the coach at Auburn. Agree with that. We'll get. To, I guess we'll. Where are we? We at state? Is there anybody like Arkansas? We actually going to talk about Arkansas. I'm ready to jump into the reps. All right. Yeah. All right, go. So, go. so Arkansas, two new coordinators, but I think. The thing that's going to give Arkansas the edge in some toss-up games is that they got KJ Jefferson back, and they got Rocket Sanders. Um, very good running back. Very, very yeah. Good. I mean, if, if Quinshawn Judkins doesn't exist, he's All SEC first team without a doubt. Um, he's uh, very close to being as good as Judkins. Yeah, no, no, he <clears throat> is very, very good. Very good. Yeah, yeah, um, very good. Ran for. Uh, and just get on Twitter. Arkansas fans will tell you all about how. I was going to say, if you have any doubt, yeah. if you have any doubt, just yeah. My my concern is is that Kendall Bryles is gone. Yeah, and Dan Enos is now calling plays. Mm-hmm. And Danny is a Danny is a Central Michigan fame. Uh, I think that's right. Um, <laughs> Yikes! He was at uh, well, Danny knows of. Recently, it's all fame from when the fourth. But he was a coach. I think they get state and Auburn at home. Yeah. So if we we all all know they're beating Auburn, that's for sure. Yeah. If we give them the four nine conference in those two games, that's six. I think they do beat Auburn for sure. Yeah, me too. At home, no. Obviously, they're beating Auburn and they're playing them. So. (laughs) Nick is so <laughs> mad about this. Nick, are they like they're gonna be like seven Nick's, point favorites? Nick's, hey, pause. You know, y'all, Arkansas, y'all know Arkansas plays BYU in the non-con, right? Just just let just let that out there. Somebody, so, yeah, are we counting weird, them four non-cons? Go ahead. They have a somebody weird send Nick schedule. a picture of the opal like a paper after Laquan broke his <laughs> ankle to Nick's set over his here, mind back right. I'd say Nick's over here working for the Chamber of Commerce. <laughs> Nick's fired up because they're gonna let him roll Tumor's Corner again this year. <laughs> Hey, I've seen it rolled enough times. I I, I love. Oh, I love... How, oh, how cool is it? Is it so cool? No, I would love one time to not be walking back to my car watching them roll Tumor's Corner. That was my the finish of my sentence. Trust me, no one wants that more than me. I'm so tired of seeing them roll Tumor's Corner. But we're all in Arkansas. Are they beating BYU? You said they're winning four games. Then I call. Are they are they beating BYU? It's in at, at Provo. Yeah. It's, no, at it's, Arkansas. I'm pretty yes, they're being yeah, BYU. Yeah, yeah. They yes. rolled BYU last year at Provo. 
Lonnie Sataki. Yeah. BYU doesn't have a player that can tackle KJ Jefferson or Roger Sanders. Well, they're all older than him. Yeah, true. <laughs> People do forget that. Where it gets real for Arkansas is it September twenty third. Oh, through dude, they got a, they got a month of yeah. They don't their bye week's not until October twenty eighth. So they go at LSU, A and M on a neutral, in Oxford, in Tuscaloosa, come back home for state before they're by. Then they go to Florida. That's a they, brutal stretch. Their home schedule, we talked about it a couple weeks ago, is three home games, five weeks where they play one game in Fayetteville, three more home games. It's it's an awful schedule. Every year. They do the weirdest scheduling every year. So I, I have one one thing, though. Arkansas playing at Ole, is playing at Ole Miss at a good time, at least to be catching Ole Miss. Because mm-hmm. if I'm not, if memory serves, we would have played LSU. We kept after we beat LSU is a good time. Well, I mean, we go to Alabama and get beat up. Then we play LSU at home and get more beat up. And then we have to play Arkansas, who plays us really, really good yeah. for whatever reason. God, and so, uh, yeah, man, golly, they kind of. It feels like they own. It. I know. I know we hold serve at home a lot. Mm-hmm. But it just feels like ever since the fourth and twenty five, it's just like I'm sour. And it's, it's never so, just it's never just straightforward either. The games yeah. are always just ridiculous. Like there's always Six something interceptions. That's just, yeah, exactly. Just and also, it feels like they own us because every single game in Fayetteville is a loss. Mm-hmm. So oh, yeah, that's part of the problem. And so if we if we don't win the game in Oxford, okay, now we've lost three in a row. Or I mean, I know we we've won two games in Little Rock, but I mean, how many times have we won in Fayetteville in like well. Wow. 25 years it, it just that's why they feel like they own us because we're guaranteed a loss to them every every other year we the only fable win i can remember is the houston night year was it wasn't that fable it's literally the only win in the last Two, 20 years in fable we've won twice in little rock we won twice in little rock once in fable in the last 25 years yeah I mean, that's free, just, freeze clown them in little rock one year but that was i mean that, that is pathetic though free, freeze one of the one of the little rock wins was against John L. Smith. Yep. It, yeah. <laughs> yep. And we didn't like we didn't like blow him out in Little Rock either. I mean, we just it's just something last second field goal. It was a field goal mm-hmm. at the end. It was uh yes. Was Joshua it Sheen maybe? No, Sheen was there with Nut. It, I don't think it was Ritter. Yeah, it was the guy before Tyler. Was it Tyler Campbell or he was a punter? Maybe uh, he was punter. Uh, he was punter. Uh, it, it was he was, an, it was he was an Arkansas guy. Gary Wonderland. Uh no, no, no. no. It was I'm just on. naming kickers at this point. Yeah, yeah no, we already seen kickers. I can see the guy. Luke uh Luke uh like right Allmire. now. <laughs> oh, it was Bryson Rose. Bryson Rose, Bryson Rose. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. Number yeah. 91. Yeah. Shout out Bryson Rose. 91. Yeah. I forgot. Yeah. This podcast is brought to you by Cherokee Valley Golf Course in Olive Branch, Mississippi. Get on over to see Cody Allen and the crew to take on the challenge of their wide, plush Zoiza fairways and large championship Bermuda greens. They have two putting greens to hone in your game with the flat stick, a driving range, and a chipping green to tighten up the short game. Book a tee time online at olivebranch.com or give them a call at 662-893-4444. That's Cherokee Valley Golf Course in Olive Branch, Mississippi. 
This podcast also comes to you thanks to Bluff City Advisory Group, Memphis's leading team of finance professionals who can provide advanced assistance with financial planning, pension, and qualified plan support, and business and estate planning strategies as well. Former Ole Miss Rebel and founding partner Ben Still, along with his elite-level customer service team, make it their goal to help you meet the ongoing demands of your financial needs. Learn about this and more at bluffcityadvisory.com. My pause with Arkansas, because I do think KJ Jefferson and Rocket Sanders are going to account for a lot. They're both really good. Um, but who's going to be, who Who they, who is KJ Jefferson throwing to? Because Jaden Hazelwood's gone. Matt Landers is gone. Um, and then defensively, even with Barry Odom, last year they gave up 465 yards a game. And then mm-hmm. you... That that brutal stretch that Ben already talked about, and then I just new system. Kendall Bryles, I feel like had a lot of magic with KJ Jefferson. Is Dan Enos going to be the same way? I don't know. Um, as much as it pains me to say it, I, Sam Pittman is an incredibly likable guy. Yeah, and yeah, I, I, I hate that. I hate that he's coaching at Arkansas because mm-hmm. it, it makes him a villain. But yeah, I. They'll probably go seven and five. Is that crazy? No, I don't think that's I, crazy. Their total is what seven and a half, seven. I'm looking at. Six I don't know how they get to eight without okay. schedule. I yeah, think it's I'm a tough s- schedule. I'm just going to go ahead and get this out in in the open and say that I think Arkansas finishes in the cellar of the West. <sighs> I I mean that's crazy, and I next to Auburn, be like Auburn exists. <laughs> so how's that going to happen? <laughs> But like, I just don't really think that this is a great football team. It's it's pretty good at a couple positions in offense, sure. But I mean, if you told me they went to Florida and lost, like, is anyone Ooh. surprised at all? If they they're if taking they lose, a step back for sure. As, yeah, I'm not surprised at all if they lose at Florida. They really kind of struggle against Mizzou. Uh, they get them in the last game of the year when you know the town's emptied out. I just don't think that they're, they're a great football team and i think that the sec west is so good that like two and six could be the, the seller I, I don't think you have to go zero and eight to be the worst team in the sec west i mean heck it's possible that there's just a bunch of teams that are like five and three four and four and that three and five finishes bottom in the sec west i mean i don't think that would be crazy especially if i think arkansas is going to win at least two games i mean excuse me auburn and maybe three it, it, obviously they have to beat arkansas i kind of i, I just maybe don't four who's to say I mean, who's to say? I mean, there's, there's a, there's a even, fifth one out there if you squint. I mean, the the way that I look at Arkansas in counterpoint to Nick here is <laughs> we all know who their quarterback is. Yeah, and and he's not bad. I'm not calling it Cam Newton, but it's not like the guy sucks. And he's played. And, and this is a little bit, you know, tongue in cheek, but he is experienced, and they do have a really good running back, like an All SEC All American type running back. And so you've got Arkansas, who has a known quarterback, who gets both um, Mississippi State and Auburn at home. Mm-hmm. Those are their two. Those are two winnable. Regardless, I mean, it's not like they have to play at Auburn and get Alabama at home, and mm-hmm. so and reverse that. I'd be I'd be really worried with their win total at that point. I, you know, I, I don't disagree that they could go six and six or seven and five. Matter of fact, I, I would expect them to go seven and five or less. Um, 
but you know, maybe they maybe those are only two SEC wins, or they and then they beat Missouri and go three and five. That's possible. I mean, you know, if they come to Oxford and win, they're four and four. I don't think that there's a there isn't a world where they beat LSU, Alabama. Um, I mean, that just doesn't exist for the. They don't have enough talent for that. I'm not saying that most teams don't have enough talent for that, but Arkansas really doesn't. So, you know, I Dweller is possible. I think that they could get to the Dweller. I think that they are, their baseline, though, is two SEC wins. I'm not saying that that's absolutely against Mississippi State and Auburn, but they also get Missouri. So, you know, I think that they're they're at least going two and six in the league. I mean, hell, they, came, team, they may come to Oxford and win. Missouri team so, that they lost to last year. True. I, yeah. I'm not I'm, right. I'm Have they lost like three years in a row? Actually, to Mizzou. Have they? No, they've lost. They've lost six of seven. Excuse me. That is insane. That's a that sounds that's like, a crazy stat. That's like. Uh, have you looked at their um, stat against A and M since A and M came to the conference? Oh yeah, it's bad. It's like eleven year. and one. A&M. Yeah, it was. It wasn't it ten in a row. Yeah, I mean yeah. it's kind of embarrassing. How Ole Miss – well, I mean, yes, probation, Matt Luke, all that. But it's a little bit embarrassing with how we've handled Arkansas compared to literally everyone else. Yeah. Because – If, you, if they mean, struggle with us the way they struggle with Missouri and Texas A&M, they'd be like no one – I mean, they, everyone would be talking about like how bad they are. They're the worst team in the West, bar none. Like we, they're I, the I mean, Vanderbilt we, of the West. Yeah, we propped them up multiple years with giving them that extra win that kind of gets them – I mean, and we've we've had some pretty good years and still lost to them before. I mean, they could thank us for a few Liberty Bowls. Let's be honest. Yes, Liberties, Birmingham, wherever they go, Music City. Yeah, I don't know. I think you're getting a reasonably high floor though, with what you know you have in KJ and Rocket at running back. I think worst case, if things get dicey on offense, and they might, because Browse is pretty good, all things considered. I think they just turn around and hand the ball off or they go quarterback smash, you know, 30 times a game and they just run KJ until the the tread, there's no tread left on the tires. Defensively, I don't know what I'm getting at all. I have no idea. I know Odom was really underrated and did a lot with not a lot of talent over there. They were not very aggressive. They, you know, sat back in the three, three, five and played what amounted to prevent in most games, but uh, it worked, you know, it was pretty effective. I don't even know who their DC is, and I don't know. I can't name a single defensive starter they have. That doesn't mean they're bad. I just, I just don't know what they're working with on that side of the ball. So, I don't know. Maybe, maybe circle Arkansas for some unders this year because I feel like they're going to have to be ground and pound and just run it down people's throats to have success. You're not going to air it out with KJ, right? I mean, you can't. They don't have anything about receiver. No, and losing Kendall Browse just adds to that. Yeah. Just, just for the record, by the way, Arkansas was one game out of finishing bottom of the SEC West last year, and one of their three wins in the SEC was against Ole Miss. So, like, let's say you flip that game, which obviously the game wasn't close, but I just mean this upcoming year, uh, they lost to State last year. They got absolutely ran down in Starkville. Not that, that I think that's going to happen again this year, but again, three and five team last year, and they really weren't. You know, I just. I think I think you know losing Odom is going to be a big deal for them. All Let's right. get to the Rebs. Ole Miss. It's just it's only been two hours. It hasn't been that long. 
We we haven't been recording. For it two it, hours. it seemed like it was two hours when you guys were talking about LSU. Just for the record. Okay. <laughs> seemed like two hours when you were. <laughs> I've been up Auburn. Nick's like one of those uh, Snickers commercials from the nineties. <laughs> I I wouldn't I wouldn't like give Joe LSU, Pesci. I wouldn't give LSU credit if they if they cured cancer. I, it's just it's a simple fact, and you guys were just gushing. Well, certainly not trying to help them at a children's hospital. The, exactly, they're not. They can't cure cancer. There's no, no no money for it. Ole Miss. Eight and five a year ago, four and four. We all know what happened. Fell flat on their face down the stretch. But Jackson Dart back under center, year removed from the knee injury. Another year in the system. We all know what Matt Corral did in year two with Lane Kiffin. Took a big jump. A lot of people around Oxford feel like he is at least positioned to be much better. He looks more comfortable taking on a leadership role, all that stuff. And they've added Caden Priestcorn, who people think is an NFL tight end. They've added two NFL, um, at least talent-wise, could play in the NFL at wide receivers, Zachary Franklin, Trey Harris. And, I mean, just Pete Golding just completely overhauled the secondary. Mm -hmm. Um, They've got two veteran dudes at linebacker, Monty Montgomery and Jeremiah Jean-Baptiste. Then you bring in TJ Dudley, who was a blue-chip guy that signed with Clemson. Um, a lot of new faces, but Kiffin has shown over the last couple of years that he can handle that in a locker room where that is, you know, always going to dominate the storylines is, can you get the chemistry, right? What's the camaraderie? Is everybody friends in the locker room? I think there's a good mix of experience, both with, you know, OG Ole Miss players and, transfers that are coming in and look i'm i'm still sitting at eight and four right now i would not be shocked if Ole Miss can stay healthy and jackson dart does take a little bit of a step up if they don't go nine and three i think the schedule is brutal as all hell but i do think that they are talented and will be dynamic enough offensively that it's going to look a lot more like the 2020 offense than in the 2021 or 2022. I like it. I, I'm, the only thing I'll add, I'll just touch on defense briefly. And we covered some of this with the first part of this season. I think we're like Golding is such an upgrade and I don't, I don't think that's being priced in the market as, as yeah. it should be. I, because ignore. So I, I know we don't have elite talent on that side of the ball. But for the last couple of years, we haven't maximized the talent that we had over there because we were playing in a ridiculous scheme. I don't think we were that well coached on that side of the ball. And I think we were out schemed more often than not. And, um, if, you know, if you have one individual making a play, we were, you know, bend but don't break. And ultimately we broke. Um, I, I just think we're going to be a lot better coached on that side of the ball. I think he's going to put players in positions to excel. Mm-hmm. Again, we're not going to close the gap with Georgia with coaching alone. I, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying, you know, I think a lot of dudes that have had potential for us over the last few years are finally going to start to realize some of that potential. Said Johnson, for example, I think Piggies takes another step and becomes an all-SEC guy. I think some of our linebackers are going to look like they've been given a second lease on life. You know, I, I expect Sistrunk to, to 
finally look like a, a dude in the SEC. I think some of the young backers are good, and Tyler Banks, not to mention some of the transfers. Um, I think our corners and safeties are fine, are certainly good enough. So, I think they've got two two corners that could, well, three counting DeAndre Prince that could challenge for some postseason accolades. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. Um, and look, if Jackson Dart takes the step that we've all heard he has taken and and that we expect out of him, I, I think this is an eight win team. And I think if you know, but for the schedule, it could be a nine or ten win team. But you know, yeah. you you play the hand you're dealt, and it's a tough schedule. It is. Uh, but I think if we stay healthy, I, I maybe except for Georgia, I think we're in every game with a chance to win it. You know, uh, we'll see what Bama rolls out there and who their quarterback is. And, you know, we've we've gone into Tuscaloosa with high expectations before and had our hopes dashed. So that wouldn't be anything new. But, you know, as it stands today, I, I don't think that that game is an absolute certain L. I, you know, I think they're probably 14, 17 point favorites now. I think by the time we play that game, though, it may be closer to 13 or 10. And then you're talking a game where you can be competitive. So, you know, Georgia's probably the only certain loss, um, but it's a tough schedule. And not, not just who we play, but the order in which we play them is very difficult. It matters. Uh, but I, I think you see a, a really good team who's playing a really hard schedule. And I think eight and four is something we should all be proud of. And that sets us up really nicely for next year with an expanded playoff field. And uh, if we go eight and four, nobody should be disappointed. You should be thrilled with that result and uh, gear up for next year where, you know, nine and three or 10 and two get you in to the tournament. So um, we'll see. I, I think Ole Miss fans are going to be or be knowledgeable about how difficult the schedule is this year. I think everybody's cognizant of kind of what's ahead of us. I really do. I mean, I, I think that no, I mean, for one, I think everybody expects Ole Miss to be very good, at least from a fan base perspective, but also Ole Miss fans look at it and go, okay, we play at Alabama and at Georgia. And I agree with you that the Alabama game may not be a certain loss right now, but for all intents and purposes, you're pretty much starting 10 and two if you hold serve and, mm-hmm. and run the table elsewhere. And that includes following up the Bama game with LSU and following up that game following up that game with Arkansas, playing at Auburn with Hugh Freeze's Super Bowl, and regardless of what their schedule was. We talked about how difficult that was before. And and then we play at Mississippi State in the Egg Bowl, who I think if if what, you know, your prediction is true and this podcast prediction is true, maybe State's kind of – they've kind of laid down by that point. But we'll see. We'll see. I mean, you never know. I mean, they could be 10-2 and two for all I know. they got a really old quarterback. But back to Ole Miss – I, you know, I think this team's going to be very good. I, I really do. I, I was concerned in the offseason. Y'all know that. Y'all know me. I'm like, who's going to catch passes? Who's going to rush the passer? We don't have those guys. Like, Sam Williams had been a great player, and then we didn't have my, you know, it's just, I'm always in the offseason thinking about that. It, it really feels like, you know, they, they landed or they hit on a lot of the portal transfers that, you know, they were concerned with producing. And it sounds like that that Aiden Williams is going to be a very good player. I mean, they're talking about mm-hmm. him more than they were talking about Quinshawn last year. And and mm-hmm. and frankly, Kiffin is not like a hide-the-ball, play-games kind of coach. I mean, he's mm-hmm. just kind of a straight shooter. And so he must really like Williams, whereas Quinshawn must have been a little bit of a surprise, frankly. 
And so um, that's not to say that Williams is going to be a better receiver than Quinshawn was running back. I'm just saying, you know, he's just a good player. And and so that fills a huge hole, though, because what concerned me, and I know we got the transfers, as Zach talked about them, Trey Harris and Franklin, but, you know, the, what concerned me going into this year is who was going to play receiver. You know, Ole Miss, the two years ago lost Drummond. Drummond was a great college receiver. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think we give him enough credit how good he was and last year after last year we've lost mingo who was also a great college receiver now he, he had a huge drop in the egg bowl but you know those plays happen we you know one thing that i'm interested in and and what i'm excited about is it's been a couple of years and kiffin's never had an elite tight end like i can't imagine what he would look like with evan ingram mm-hmm. or dawson knox but he's, we've got a very good tight end in pre-scoring and He's not – I mean, even – he turned Yaboa into a draft guy, and Yaboa was a nice player, but he wasn't, like, an elite player. But he had elite numbers in Kiffin's offense. And so I'm excited about that, too. Uh, my prediction, I think y- y'all are right on it. I mean, what's the win total by Vegas? Seven and a half, eight and a half? Seven and a half, yeah. I think that's about right. I mean, we would have to play very – I think we would – all of us would be elated. And I know Nick said, well, it depends on – how the losses go, but I think we'd all be elated. We'd be thrilled if Ole Miss went nine and three with this schedule. I mean, thrilled because, and here's why I do think we're going to be in 11 games. Like, I think we will be in, we're not going to get boat raced in, in more than one game. this year. Now we may get thumped by somebody once, but I don't think it's going to happen more than once. And I'll, so my prediction, you know, I'm eight, four, nine, and three, you know, yeah, I'll say this before Nick goes here, but it says something that when each of us have talked about the offense, we talked about several players before we got to Quinshawn Judkins. Yeah. Like, it's not just like, well, I hope Quinshawn goes for 2,000 this year. Mm-hmm. I mean, they've, 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 they've added plenty of dudes, and then they return Dayton Wade. They Jalen... Uh, Jalen Knox is is finally healthy. Um, Braylon Brown is is turning some heads in camp. I know he's done it before, but it seems a little different this year. Um, is he going to look like a four star? Um, you know, Jordan Watkins, he's there. He was really reliable a year ago. I mean, there, there's there's plenty of firepower in offense. It's not just going to be Quinshawn Judkins and a cloud of dust. So I think that that's the big thing and. What Ben said, being in games, I think a lot of that is going to be due to Pete Golding and the defense being much improved. Ben, you touched on it, and I, I don't mean to just be contradicting you, but, I mean, I don't necessarily think I would be elated at 9-3. and three. Is that – I mean, is that bad to say? At 9-3? and three? I mean, With I, this at, schedule? At, at, at 9-3, nine, nine and three, I think we – I mean, we could very, very, very possibly win – zero ranked games is that worth elation like and and at most i think nine and three is probably one but win that's losing well, to georgia that's I losing get, alabama that's losing to lsu and then I get your what ranked, ranked win is probably a but that's okay but Congrats. that's out of your like, control so if we if we okay let's just say this though okay what if the only ranked games we play are against top five teams I mean, mm-hmm. I, yeah, I get, I get that, I get that, but I, but, but like, 
It's not like we're I, playing I twelve number eighteens. Sure, sure. We sh- I would stop far short of elation. Is what is my point? Like contentment. Like maybe even uh, <laughs> like a little bit, like a little bit of, of joy at nine. You have lost. You've literally lost your mind. <laughs> you, know, you really have. I, with all due respect, you have minutes. lost your mind. <laughs> Y'all spent thirty minutes shitting on Auburn, and now we're gonna go over there. Why should I be impressed? MSU's gonna be god awful. Their their coach died in the offseason. They had to switch their their entire scheme up. MSU's gonna be terrible, and then Arkansas we don't think is gonna be great, and we get Vanderbilt. And so at this point. <laughs> We, we've we've beaten three really bad teams uh, in Arkansas. And to get to nine and three, all we're doing is beating a Texas A&M team that who knows what they're going to be. Be able to Auburn win counts twice, though. I, it should. It should. So we're 10, we're, we're 10 and three at this point. Uh, Texas A&M is good enough to win 10 or 11 games without a doubt. They're also topsy-turvy enough to go like seven and five again. I just don't think we can look up at the end of the year and be like, well, oh, Miss is nine and three, and didn't beat a single good team. And I don't know why that would be like, like. But those are good teams. Pat on the back, worthy. There are good teams. Like they're like we talked about how bad Auburn's going to be. That's bad for Auburn. Sure, it's not. I just think we could not necessarily be the toss midget. This no offense, but a bad Auburn team is typically better than a good Ole Miss team. Uh, This is true. I and again, I'm not saying that at nine and three, I'm going to be mad, but I think. We could have a very, we could have a very, very underwhelming nine and three season, and I know it. And absolutely like, not. You are literally uh, yeah. you have I, lost off the rails I'm not, over there. Like I'm not <laughs> saying we're going. I'm not saying it would be, but I'm saying we can look back at the end of the year and let's say we go to, to Georgia and we get pummeled, fifty three to fourteen. Right? They they do what they they do to us. What they did to Tennessee last year. It's never a game, and it is three and a half hours. Of yeah. Georgia doing whatever they want, all that's, it, the that's likely. Yeah, it, 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 it honestly is probable, right? Yeah. And let's say we go to Auburn and we they do what they did to us two years ago. Obviously, a much different Alabama team and a much different Ole Miss team. The offense is not what they what it is. But y'all remember that game? It was over at halftime. Ben, I think yeah. you were back in Oxford before the game ended, <laughs> which is it's just incredible because almost three hours. And and then we do what LSU has done multiple times before, and they just do what they did last year in the second half. And we get destroyed in three games in conference play, and then that doesn't happen sneak. a lot in Oxford. But no, I'm no, it doesn't. I, I agree. I agree. So let's just say we get destroyed three times in conference play. We are not even close to those three teams again. Which all three teams could hell they could be in the playoff. That, that's that's very possible. But all that would tell me at the end of the season was like, man, we are really far away from beating one of these teams. To which your point, Austin, we very very easily could be in the 2024 college football playoff. But we'd be in there in the same way as like the group of five champion if we I got into here. No, for sure. But at the same point, like all we really did was rename the New York Six Bowls. You know? No, but no, but Absolutely. no, but no, but the difference is like when we were the last team to get to the baseball tournament, like it mattered because you had a shot to win the whole damn thing. And and the, the New York sure, Six Bowl sure. format is not like like losing the sugar bowl to Baylor. Is not the same as actually oh, no, having no, no. a shot yeah. to win the title. Like, agree, agree, agree. And I, and I, like I said, I wouldn't care. If what we I just, playoff, it'd be, it'd be awesome. But also, like, like how cool would it be to get in the playoff and then like also still lose by fifty? We would just be in the same spot. Pretty cool. We'd have. I, I mean, I, I think we're gonna look up in like ten years and be like, <laughs> college football playoff things are not nearly as big of a deal. You know what I mean? Twelve teams are making it every year. 
I, it, now, yeah, I mean, 64 now, teams make the NCAA basketball tournament. Sure. Not a big deal. That Let's sounds, just stop watching it. I Listen, I know y'all are like, this is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> it, it, talking because about? it is. But, like, because I know, you're going to kick yourself after the show and be like, man, I was such an idiot. Look, y'all, are, y'all are thinking of it as, as four teams go to the college football playoff. That is correct in 2023. And it would be insane if we went to the college football playoff this year. That'd be awesome. I'm saying my point is, and obviously probably will be kicked out of the SEC in 10 years, so it won't matter. But in 10 years, when 12 teams are going to the college football playoff every year, it's not going to be like nearly – it's like giving out three national championships every year. No, it's not, dude. It's all relative though, Nick. Like, okay, are we a top four program in the SEC? No. Okay, no, are, we, okay are, are we a top four program in the Big Ten? No, but – Okay, so that's eight. eight. <laughs> all right, so – Right, right. I understand what you're are saying. Are we USC – like, but when teams in the same way we used to we used to like it was a big deal how many bowl like appearances we had right because it was a mm-hmm. big deal back in the day when all the only bowls were the blue bonnet bowl the sugar bowl and the cotton bowl it was a, it was a big deal that we had been to like 31 or whatever mm-hmm. in 1995 because we was like ninth in the country mm-hmm. well and now when like mississippi state's been like 17 in a row because they go on <laughs> apr stuff it's not nearly as cool that because like everyone's been to 40 bowls now in the same way our win – and I just think that we're going to look up in a few years and be like, I mean, great, you made the college football playoff and you got skunked when you played George again. Like, not – I said all that to say, I think – The lack of logic season, in it. You, you, you're unable to bring this one home. Like, <laughs> yeah, I don't yeah, – yeah, yeah, I say all that to say 10-2. Uh, and two. Let's go right. I, 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 could, I could see home from here. I could see home from here. I say all that to say, and I think we could go 9-3 and three and it'd be – we can look up at the end of the year and be like, yeah, that was a good season. We never really had like momentum at any point. And I think that's probably part of like the, like the schedule. Cause I, I mean, how big of a bummer would it be if we got to uh, Arkansas with two losses? I just think that would like kind of already put a damper on the season. You don't really get like a chance to like build momentum. And that's like a, you know, a, a factor well, of having Alabama and LSU back to back weeks. I get that. what I'm hearing. What I'm hearing you say is that you have to, Ole Miss must maintain yes. a chance at the playoff for you to remain interested. What I think what Ole Miss has for me to say, man, this is and that an awesome is an season. absolutely absurd. No, no, stance. no, 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 no. What I'm saying for for me to look back at the end of the year, for Ole Miss to be like, man, it was an awesome season. We must be one of Alabama, LSU, or Georgia. Anything short of beating just one of those three teams, and I'm not even—I'm I'm saying we could still lose to Arkansas or A&M, and it, and it still be an awesome season. Again, this three. is flawed logic. I, must, I don't understand why that matters. Well, you just you want to matters? upset somebody. You just the, want to be the upset team. Hell yeah! Because if we upset Alabama, what's happening the next week? We're hosting college game day. Okay, we may host okay. college game day anyway. Perhaps, maybe. But Nick, what happens if we beat Bama and lose the Auburn? Where are you? Where are you on the? Like, I, I I would still think it's it's we would have a top ten win, and I think that that's worth more than beating all the, than the the inverse. I mean, <clears throat> but what basically what I'm saying is, give me Hugh Freeze back. You, you, yeah, that's exactly what I was getting at. You want to you, you want to slay the dragon? Yeah, yeah, and, and, then lose to, and then lose to Memphis. Yeah, yeah, and then let the right. let, we'll, we'll be the dragon. They could slay us. It's better than it's better than this crap last year. I will. I mean. Right, Nick doesn't want to go chalk. He 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 embraces yeah. chaos. It, I, I will Nick guarantee would, you. I won't Nick would, the Nick the would take Nick would take losses to Auburn, Arkansas, and Vandy if 
Georgia was a win. That'd be sick oh. <laughs> to go into Georgia and beat the number one team in the country. We've we've already said like we can't go to the college football playoff this year. So give me the like the, the what's the higher high? As Beating much as Georgia that, or Alabama as much as that or losing trip is going to cost. They better score some points. Yeah, no, dude. If we go in there, I remember a few years ago we went to Alabama and we ended up we were close and we went forward on a bunch of fourth downs and it was a lot closer game than the score indicated, but we like got shut out. I think it was like was it. 23 to nothing. 25 to nothing. That was, that was, that was an odd uh, score. I remember that. That was when Tyler Siski was cheating. Yeah. But, yeah. like, man, that, that sucked. If we go to Georgia, at least, like, can we just, like, tie the game in some point in the first quarter? It, just don't, like, get shut out. Man, it sucks when you don't score. Golly, it sucks. We're, uh, okay, so we're not going to get shut out by Georgia. No. I agree. And but, like, let, let, let me can ask we you tie this, it up 14-14 in the second that we tie? Let, let me give you a proposition. Let's say Georgia beats us by 17, okay, or 21. Three-score game, so it's not really close. Maybe close until half, but they pull away and beat us soundly. But we play really good at Alabama and lose by touchdown, and LSU's a one-score game either way, win or lose. All right, let's say we lose the LSU game by a point. We lose Alabama game within one score, and we get beat by Georgia by three scores. Is that still a uh, content year? No, I, I think because be, I think that would be like right on the borderline of like awesome year and very good year because I think it would tell me, oh man, we're like a player away. But because, because that nine and three, it, well nine and three anyway is probably going to go to the Sugar Bowl or the Peach Bowl, and nobody's upset with that. I, the, I mean, everybody's elated. It, that's why I use that word. I'm not going to a Sugar okay. Bowl yet. Not excited. How much I mean, less cool was the Baylor Sugar Bowl compared to the Oklahoma State Sugar Bowl? Why? I I mean, because we I, we'd already done it. We did it four years prior. Yeah, but I mean, I, I get okay. Fair enough. We, as far as we, like we, had, I mean, we had if, you, if you disagree, that's fine. That's no, no, fine. no, no, no I'm just, not saying that. When we went to the when we played Oklahoma State, it was like, man, this is sick. We're playing the Sugar Bowl. We haven't done this since my dad was my age or younger than that. Oh, and now fair. it's like when we play Baylor, it was like, yeah, this is cool. Yeah, okay. This is, I mean, this well, is awesome, of course, but it's, so it's we've done by it. this it was, logic. But it was going by for this 11 logic, why wins, we ever though, so it was different. How much less yeah, cool was college game day the second time we hosted it? Well, I mean, how much less cool? I mean, by, by this logic, we should just never win another national championship <laughs> in baseball because, I mean, it wouldn't yeah. be that cool. <laughs> Been there and got, oh, got that T-shirt. Man. I, this is the only logical end to that, I guess. No, I, I'm, I'm picking. I, I get what you're saying, and I like the upset more than anything. You'll never take. I had more fun, or as much fun at the Alabama game in 14 as I did winning the national championship in Omaha. I really 100%, 100%. did, because it's just Agreed. like the the feeling that we got. But I don't think, and I I think this is, and we can leave it here. I don't think we're ever going to have a build into excitement like we did in the first three freeze years. And it wasn't freeze calls. It was, we had sucked for so long under Houston night and we're like an afterthought. And then suddenly we get the a top recruiting class, the number one player. And then we beat Alabama like the next year. So it was like a, it was, it was like a, a perfect rocket storm. Ship. It was, yeah. it was perfect and, storm and I don't, a... Yeah, that's just never going to happen again. Like, that's not a realistic – you have to – I mean, even Dabo Sweeney, I mean, it just takes years to – and I think Kiffin's developing a program, frankly. Like, I, I I don't know that we're a player or two away, 
but we may be four players away. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, we were very close to – we should have beat Alabama last year. And I'm not saying we got more talent in Alabama. I'm just saying, like – I think we're four players at a very like specific position. Yeah, yeah, go ahead, Ben, sorry. No, no, I'm, I'm done. I, I just – you know, I think I don't think we're that far. And I don't think we have to have – because we've never had a coach as skilled as Kiffin. I don't think we have to be as talented as Freeze has to have his teams be. Because Kiffin is just so good at X's and O's, mm-hmm. and we're so prepared. I mean, better, better staff too. Yeah, better I, staff. I, I oh my close. god! And once Kiffin leaves, it's just going to be Golding, and we'll still be very prepared. So anyway, yeah. So Nick, what was the prediction? Other than pain, <laughs> nine, nine and three. <laughs> oh wow! Jesus Christ. I think we're going nine and three, what? and I think we're going to do exactly what I said. I think we're going to like lose bigly in two of those three games, <laughs> and I think we're going to lose like somewhat close in one of those three big games. I think at the end of the year we're going to look up and be like, "Man, it was nine and three, and like we, we really didn't have any like super exciting moments." Like I, again, you know, call me whatever you need to, but I just think nine we're, and three is exciting happen. enough. I think we're gonna, yeah, I'll, I'll tell you this. Perhaps, perhaps. If we it, go nine and three, we're year. winning one of those three. I would, like, that's, because that's my hope. I would give up. This Arkansas is Ole Miss, man. We're going to lose to Auburn State or Arkansas. Like that's we, just oh, for A and M. God damn it! I don't know I would, who I would, I would rather lose to. Like of who? those three, if you had to pick, God. I, them diet cokes at Skybar got Nick fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, 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 down. I, mean, I understand what Nick's getting at, but I also think at this point in time with the way college football is and the way just how diabolical and wild the SEC is, you have to just take your eight and four, or your nine and three, however you can get it. Because it's regardless, wild, regardless of how it happens at the end of the day, you're still winning and the program's trajectory is still moving forward. It's, moving, it's moving wild. The larger playoff format is so good for us, and maybe to Nick's point, it dilutes it. I don't, I don't really think that, but or don't really agree with it. But that's neither here nor there, because like we could lose. Let's just say nine and three got you into the playoffs as like the the ten seed or something like that, and you played Texas. Ole Miss can beat Texas, and so then. You make it to the next round, and you get another chance at LSU, who beat you by two points. Well, you can beat them, and then you beat them, and then you make the. Now you're in the national championship yeah. against Georgia, it's who it's or whatever. I, I, Point being is, you get you're eventually going to get back to one of those teams, maybe unless they get upset, and now you're playing Georgia, who would either wreck you or Georgia got upset by Ohio State or let's say Oregon. And you can beat Oregon. And then, you th- I mean, that's what happened in baseball. Ole Miss was never beating Tennessee in baseball. Mm-hmm. Ever. But the when other- Notre Dame beat them, we were like, we're going to win yeah. the national championship yeah. now. The other th- the reason I don't buy the dilution argument, dude, we love the NFL playoffs. Like, we yeah. – it's like the most like, popular sport. I, I, I think, in the yeah. I think like, that I think that's like being being used wrongly in terms of like it would still be very awesome to make it, but I think we think of the college football playoff currently as four teams. But in the same way, like we don't think of the final four in basketball and the in the dance is the same thing. Like I think making it would still be super awesome, 
but it wouldn't be the, it's not the same tournament. It's called the same thing, college football playoff, but it's not the same type of tournament. You're four wins away if you are not a top four seed from winning the whole thing, which is essentially what we are half time anyways, right? We have to, you know, beat a couple well, of teams say, in the regular season, win the SEC title game, et cetera. Let's just say you got those opportunities, though, and you're playing teams from other conferences who you are as good. Ole Miss is as good as anybody in those other con- – almost anybody in those other conferences. Definitely definitely can beat them. Nobody – no other conference has an Alabama. I mean, they just, I mean, maybe Ohio State, but they're going to be one of those top four seeds. But let's just say Ole Miss wins its way into the Final Four, like from the playoffs. Yeah. Then do you feel it different? Because I'm sure they're going to treat that Final Four – as like some kind of special, like a Final Four. I mean, oh, a hundred percent. And I'm not saying the college football playoff won't be a big deal. I'm you're saying, saying team, if you make it as a 12 seed and get bounced, it's not that big a deal. I, but I'm you saying make it like the, it, if you have ten appearances in the college football playoff and you won one game, would be so lit. It would be lit, but it would in the same way that like making the the, the basketball tournament is is like pretty cool. But once you've made it like ten or twelve years in a row, then like you start you start making some sweet sixteens, you know. And I just think they need to have the, these the, first the, few games and those on campus because yeah, yeah, I'm not going to be able to afford to go to like they they've got Detroit, then Philadelphia, round. then you know wherever that quarterfinal round's got to be on campus. That, trying gotta to play, be. given those like the one through four seeds, making them play three consecutive non uh, neutral yeah. site games is that's absurd. Well, yeah, I mean, with the with the NFL playing at the same time too, there may not be venues. I mean, it'd be really hard to schedule that many games. Yeah, in neutral that's size. true. And think about that, actually. All right, let's lock some shit in. Yep. All right, let's go quick on the locks here. Yeah, we're just doing one, right? All right. Zero. Yeah, Take I got it easy over there, Tim Cook. All right, um, <laughs> week zero. We'll go uh, round robin here, um, alphabetical order. Everybody gets one lock. So, Austin, you kick us off here. All right. The sexiest matchup on the schedule, which is uh, UTEP versus Jacksonville State. Mm. Um, so, this is Rich Rod and Jacksonville State's first um, step mm. up into yeah, big boy football. As everybody knows, pretty solid program. Ole Miss fans know all too well. Jacksonville State can be frisky. Um, over 53 and a half. Rich Rod is going to score. They run tempo. Their defense is bad, though, and it's a bad matchup. UTEP has a giant offensive line. They're going to lean on them all game. And UTEP had a receiver who tried to go to Texas A&M in the portal. His transcript didn't work out, so he went back to UTEP. He's probably the best receiver in that conference. They have a fifth-year senior at quarterback. Um, I think this game plays well into the 30s easily. Let's call it 34-31 UTEP. We go over 53.5 pretty comfortably. All right. You said it was 53 and a half? Yeah. Okay. All right, Ben, what you got? I'm going to lay 17 and a half with Bandy. Yeah, Hawaii's pretty bad. I like that. Yeah, I don't really have any analysis on it other than Hawaii sucks. (laughs) And they're having to travel to Vanderbilt. Yeah. That's a haul. Yeah, speaking of who made the schedule, all these games overlap. Like, there's no morning game, and then we have five, six o'clock games. What are we doing? <laughs> Am I going to pull out five screens and for week zero? Like, we know you got them. Yeah, but you know, you shouldn't have to bring out the big guns <laughs> this early. 
right, I'm going to lock mine Vandy in. I think put up 63 on Hawaii last year. By yeah, the way. yeah, it was ugly. Absurd. Yeah, Mike Wright had a field day. This is Timmy Chang's Hawaii. Don't forget that. They covered seven of their last eight last year, by the way. Hawaii. Yeah, exactly. exactly. But well, then, we all... at 17 and a half point line, they're begging you to take Hawaii. Yeah. All right. All right. Yeah, yeah here we go. I got the uh, – Austin said his was the most scintillating matchup. I don't know how this is not. Uh, New Mexico State. <laughs> yes. Hosts UMass. <laughs> UMass is the worst team <laughs> in the FBS. Their offense is the worst team – is the, one of the worst in the FBS. Their defense is like better question mark I guess than their defense than their offense I mean they're awful and New Mexico State is not great but there's like an outside chance at like five or six wins from them just because their schedule is pretty weak so they're they're at home I, I mean I honestly think this is gonna be a blowout like 42 17 or 42 10 I don't think that UMass is going to be competitive in it they're just I don't know how they play FBS football. I mean, move on. New Mexico State's ripping them. Jerry What's Kill. the line? S- minus seven, excuse me. Wait, what? Yeah, it's it – I mean, not that, not that New Mexico State, like, don't overhype them. They're awful. But UMass is, like, holy cross bad. New Mexico State won a bowl game last year. Yeah, exactly. On. I don't really don't know how, but – All right, um – What's the best you can give me for San Jose State and USC? 30 and a half, 65 and a half is what I'm looking at. 30 and a half in week one. Mm-hmm. You see, I see 66. Is that what you said? I yeah, also see 31 if you're going to take the Aztecs or whatever they are. What, are, what is San Jose State? Wow. Spartans. Wow. <laughs> um, I really want to just go ahead and just get really stupid and weird week zero and just lay them. Uh, yeah, I think that's the right play. I just, I think this is where Lincoln Riley, he did it at Oklahoma all the time. He's got a game like this. Dan Mullen used to do it at state. When they can put up numbers, they're going to put up numbers. And they're going to want a big opening season win. And I just, I don't know. I, I don't think San Jose State's going to be able to hang with them. And and I don't want to, I don't want to chase a total and then San Jose State not score. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, SC, you know, sleepwalks to a 49-10 win and I'll get it. Um, so SC, first half, team total over. What is that? Do you have that? 26 and a half. Ooh. Yeah, give me that. Because I, I thought that's where you're headed because I think you're exactly right. They're going to pile it up on in the first half, and then he's going to rest everybody. I mean, they're not going to – he's not going to risk right. Williams getting hurt in the third quarter. Yeah, and they could be up, you know, five up, scores at halftime. Yeah, yeah. They could be up like 38 to seven at halftime. Yeah, I uh, yeah, I'm good with that. Cause yeah, thirty and a half was a little, little dicey. But yeah, SC's gonna roll. Um, I think it's them and and Washington in the Pac-12. They're the the two best teams. 
But yeah, I, I like that. So we got UTEP, Jacksonville State over 53 and a half, Vandy minus 17 and a half, New Mexico State minus seven, and SC first half minus 26 and a half for this week. Zero loss. No, team total, sorry, team total over 26 and a half for USC. Yeah. Wait, what? So you're betting USC to score more than 26 and a half points in the first half. Oh, not okay. Not up yeah, by yeah, yeah. and a half or more. Okay, not, sorry, sorry. If you look, if you want the first half line, that's that's relatively was well, cheaper what than it? 26. It's 18 and a half. Oh, then yeah, I'm taking that. First half minus 18 and a half. Mm-hmm. Zach's just taking all the USC bets for that whole yeah, game. Give, yeah. give him Kaylonia's stock. <laughs> I mean, dude, I'm just this will be a game where like he throws for four touchdowns in the first half. Yeah. I think and then right. they they chill. Um it's a um it's a little bit better than normal week zero. I'm not a big week zero guy though. I'm I'm just a big college football on my TV guy. I mean, I am. We didn't even mention Navy and Notre Dame in Ireland. I'm not touching that. Yeah, it's a weird one. I'm, I know I would lay the points. I, with, that's with what, Notre Dame. That's what I was thinking, but Notre Dame, I, Notre Dame just they lose dumbass games and they mm-hmm. just play with their food too much. Yeah, and, this is a game though similar to what you just said, where Dan Mullen, like you know, just runs up a bunch of points. Navy sucks, like, yeah. or they have for the past do, five years, and it's a new. It's they're not running the option anymore. But that's going to be even worse. Mm-hmm. They got to go back to the option. They they don't have the players to run anything else. I don't know why. Who Nick? Who is the coach now? Oh, don't make me lie to you, dude from Kennesaw State, right? Yeah, yes. We talked about this. That's what I was. I thought somebody had it ready. Um, so they may run some version of the triple, but it's not going to be the traditional triple, which kept games close. Yeah, it against, won't be the flex you know, bone. Yeah, when they were like outmatched against a team like Notre Dame, they could just slow the game down and Brian hope to hang Newberry, around. Which this guy looks like a hard ass. <laughs> Let me just send a picture of this guy. This dude looks awesome. He is coaching Navy. I hope when I get older and I – and my beard gets gray. It looks like this. Navy. This dude. Navy awesome. needs guys like in a four point stance. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. So week zero locks are in. SEC West preview done. Um, we all hate Auburn. Nick loves them. It's uh, football's here. We're we're we are all in now because every single week when Auburn does anything, we are going to be. Checking the heart rate over at the car household. Um, Outside of Austin Keys, I don't even know if he is. Could Nick <laughs> name a starter on Auburn's, Auburn's defense? No. Yeah, me either. Look, I'm I'm not I'm not going to play your games. If that's what you want me to do, <laughs> I, I'm not. I'm not going. I'm not going to justify this. Oh, all right. Well, uh, just a. All-American type show to open up the year. We got four locks for you. Next week, week one, be a full slate. We will have three apiece like we always do. So we'll be back next week. Preview Ole Miss Mercer and talk week one. So for those fellas over there, appreciate you, the listener, tuning in. 
And as always, thank you to Homefield Apparel, title sponsor of the show, The Drop, Saturday morning, 11 a.m. Central Time, 14 pieces in the collection. Be ready and have that promo code handy, TOC23, and get you that 15% off. So, gentlemen, it was a pleasure as always, and we will be back next week. So for those guys over there, I'm Zach. This has been Hit That Line. We out of here. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.